You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well on this beautiful Wednesday fall afternoon here in New York City. I mean, there's something special about the Wednesday shows. You know, I feel like we let our hair down a little bit. We have fun. We answer questions. We have a good time. A lot of controversy at MMA Hour HQ on this Wednesday afternoon. I dropped the cap of my water bottle on the ground. Now I can't put it back on my water bottle. And so there's an open water bottle right here, which should make everyone very nervous, but I am not going to put it back on because uh, I don't want to get cooties. That's number one. Number two, I gave out gifts earlier to some of the members of the team, and then (laughs) I found the gifts here two weeks later. I gave members of the team MMA bobblehead ornaments they pretended to be excited about the gifts two weeks later i still see them here and so i have taken back the gifts and gifted them to other members of the team and i'm not going to name names they know who they are but you know i'm not going to pretend that i'm not disappointed in what just transpired literally minutes ago i just want to point that out now i also want to point out that today's program is being brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code the MMA Hour for a special offer when you sign up. That's code MMA Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Please support them because they support us. I do want to note as well that it says MMA Hour here on the page. It should be the MMA Hour, but I am such a professional that I'm able to adapt and overcome the mistakes because we know that it has to be. There is only one MMA Hour. It's the MMA Hour, and that's this program. Now, on this program, we have... A plethora of champions and former champions on the program later in the show will answer your questions on the nose, your favorite segment, of course, of the week. And yes, 
I will respond to the narrative and the quote-unquote apology during that segment, so stay tuned for that. We'll also go to JC, get our betting picks from him for the weekend, get set for a very busy weekend in mixed martial arts. We'll talk to the former UFC flyweight champion who looks to get his belt back in January, Davison Figueredo and Valid Ishmael uh, at 3 o'clock. We'll talk to Andre Arlovsky, former UFC heavyweight champion who picked up a big win this past weekend at 2.30. We'll talk to Rose Namajunas, the current UFC strawweight champion, about her upcoming fight on November 6th at 2 o'clock. We'll talk to Jan Bohovic, the current UFC light heavyweight champion, at 1.30. Like I said, it's a star-studded affair, but without further ado, let us not keep this man waiting. We are in the presence of greatness. We are in the presence of one of the greatest, dare I say, maybe the greatest heavyweight in the history of mixed martial arts. What an honor. What an absolute privilege it is to be joined on the program once again by the one and only, the last emperor himself, live and direct from Moscow, Russia, the man who'll be headlining Bellator 269 this Saturday on Showtime from Moscow, the one and only Fyodor Emelianenko. There he is. Fyodor, spasiba. How are you, my friend? Hello, my friend. I'm fine, thank you. Wow. The English got so good. Are we doing this in English? <laughs> no. Who are you being joined by? Who's the translator this time? Tatiana. You know. No, the legend. The oh my god, this is so great. Why are you so shy? Uh, Tanya, you should be in the in the shot as well, but it's okay. I know you don't like the limelight as well. So thank you so much for the time, Fyodor. This is really great. A privilege to have you on. Uh, you are returning on Saturday against Tim Johnson. Uh, can I ask, you know, there was a lot of talk. It seemed like you could pick from a multitude of fighters, a bunch of guys to return to fight. And you picked, I was told, Tim Johnson. Why did you pick Tim Johnson to be your next opponent? Amongst all the candidates for opponents who were offered, there were opponents who had several losses in a row. As for Tim Johnson, so he had a good series of victories and wins. Uh, and um, the only loss which he got, so he got... Uh, he lost to Valentin Moldavsky. Ну и он на сегодняшний день он один из самых топовых бойцов Bellator. And for today he is one of the top fighters of Bellator. And that's that. All right. Well, that's good enough for me. Um, could I ask Fedor why, or Fyodor, I should say. You know, I'm very particular about saying your name the right way. It's not Fedor, it's Fyodor, right? That's the right way, right? Right, yes. yes. <clears throat> Spasiba, thank you. Um, 45 years old, you've done it all, you have fought almost everyone in the sport. What motivates you to continue to fight at this age? Уже 45 лет, уже всем все доказал, уже встречался со всеми с кем только можно. В чем мотивация, что ты продолжаешь? Я люблю этот спорт. I love this sport. I could, I could sense the love. Um, are you surprised? Like if I would have talked to you at the beginning of your career and said, hey, 
I think you might make it to your mid-40s and still be active and still be winning and thriving. Are you surprised that at 45, you're still fighting? Yes, I'm still fighting. I'm still in the sport. But yes, I am surprised that I'm still in the sport. What are the chances with this fight being in, in Russia that it becomes your last fight? You get a crazy knockout. You're in front of your people, your home country, and you say, I'm done. That's it. This is a good time to leave. Is there any chance of that happening? Есть какой-нибудь шанс, что это будет заключительный бой, потому что ты все-таки дома, ты среди своих болельщиков? Да, возможно. Возможно, сейчас посмотрим, добьемся по самочувствию, по самостоянию. Мы, конечно, с семьей поговорим. Well, there is such a chance. Certainly that will depend on the health, on their, on my physical condition after the fight. Certainly we'll discuss, we'll discuss that with the family as well. So, so there is a chance that Saturday is your last fight? Maybe. Okay. Is it is... But are you going still to talk? Are you going still to talk to me and take interviews of me if I quit? You, you, you will always be on my desk, Fyodor, right here, no matter what. Uh, what's happened with my hand? Right hand. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, we need to get another one. I need to talk to Scott. But you, you autographed this one for us. It's, it means a lot to me. But yes, I didn't notice that your hand came off. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, okay, so that is very interesting. In your mind, have you made a decision? Perhaps you don't want to tell us? Может быть, ты где-то себе в уме уже какое-то решение сделал? Просто нам не хочешь говорить. Нет, по контракту у меня еще один бой, поэтому все будет зависеть от выступления и от того, как плана Беллатор, конечно. No, I haven't made any decision. Uh, everything will depend on my performance. Everything will depend on this fight and certainly on the plans of Bellator. Because according to the contract, I still have another fight. Okay, you have one more after this. То есть еще один, да? Okay. Um, this According is, to the contract. Yes. Uh, this is uh, your first time fighting in Russia, in your home country, since 2016. Uh, some people like to fight in their hometown, their home country. Some people don't because it brings a lot of attention, a lot of demands, a lot of media. Do you like fighting in Russia or do you actually prefer fighting outside of Russia? Certainly, I get much more attention at home, and I'm more distracted at home. Certainly, from that point of view, it's easier for me, a little bit easier to perform in America. Ну, я очень рад выступать дома, потому что я понимаю, что мои соотечественники не, скажем, ну. Не так часто видят мои бои вживую, поэтому я рад, что буду выступать здесь, в Москве. 
but I'm very glad and very happy, you know, to perform and to fight here at home because my countrymen, it's not very often that they can see me alive, right, in arena at home. So that's why I'm glad. Ну и, конечно, то, что еще помимо меня четверо ребят из моей команды будут тоже выступать в этом турнире. And certainly, besides me, uh, four representatives of Fedor team are also going to perform during this event. Your team is doing very well. Uh, Valentin Moldovsky is the interim heavyweight champion of Bellator. Vadim Nemkov is the current light heavyweight champion he won last weekend. I think he's one of the best fighters on the planet right now. He's looking great. Was it tough for you to not be in Arizona with Vadim last week because you were preparing for this fight? Тяжело ли было тебе не быть с Вадимом в Аризоне во время его боя, потому что ты должен был быть здесь, готовясь к своему бою? Ну да, хотелось бы, конечно, быть рядом и поддерживать Вадима в такой ответственный поединок. Certainly, it would be really very good to be next to Vadim uh, during such a very important fight and to be able to support him. Like I said, you climbed the mountaintop several times, one of the greatest ever. I'm wondering, though, Fyodor, if you derive more pleasure and enjoyment out of seeing your students, your disciples, turn into these champions and big stars. Does this make you happier than your own success? Это как у детей. Ты уже был много раз на вершине горы. Вот сейчас ты видишь, как на эту вершину идут твои ученики, твои студенты. Что лучше, что круче? Видеть, как туда подходят и туда идут твои ученики или когда ты сам там находишься? Всему свое время. Ну, конечно, чтобы и то, что сам долго выступал и довольно успешно, вот это большая большая благодарность Богу, конечно, за все за всю мою карьеру. И то, что сейчас я испытываю за своих учеников, я не только я, но, конечно, тренеры и все, кто помогает, ребята, <coughs> все испытывают огромную радость, видя результат, видя, что, ну, скажем, не только я был, но и ребята, которые идут со мной, вот они сейчас добиваются самых высоких вершин. Well, certainly I'm very grateful to God and I'm thanking God for all the opportunities which I got and that during my career I did have the opportunity to be on top many times. But certainly the success of uh, Further's team, of representatives of Further teams, brings a big happiness and joy uh, to me and to all the coaches and people who train and work together for that success. Ну, это немножко разное, это немножко разное. То я был сам как боец, спортсмен, вот, ну и слава богу, реализовался как спортсмен. А сейчас вот как тренер, как наставник, как какой-то себе менеджер, там, тоже, слава богу, у нас все получается. И не просто один кто-то прошел, а уже двое ребят, и вот, надеюсь, только Анатолий только скоро будет биться за пояс. But these are certainly absolutely different feelings, feeling when... Uh, you do something yourself and you achieve the success yourself. And then you can see that your students also go the same way and get the success. And not only one, but two. And we hope we'll get more. We hope that Anatoly Tokov now will be moving forward as well. Uh, well, so far, so good. Uh, last year, Fyodor, we found out that uh, you unfortunately had COVID and you had to be hospitalized. How bad was it for you? Mm -hmm. 
Слава Богу, останется все хорошо, без последствий. Было страшно, когда больница долго. страшно. No, it was not scary. Okay, nothing scares you, right? Orthodox people, religious believe, believers, uh, they are not afraid of death. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. And all diseases and sicknesses we do accept with uh, thankness as well. Is is life somewhat back to normal in uh, in Russia now? We're still sort of in the pandemic here, but uh, do you feel like life is back to normal over there? We're still in pandemic situation as well. Uh, also, there are certain limitations, limits which exist, and certainly some discomfort we do have here as well. Um, going back to the opponents, Fyodor, I had uh, Alistair Overeem on my show recently, and he said he tried to get this fight against you, and he's been trying to fight you for a long time, but he said that you said no. Is that true? Are you not interested in fighting Alistair Overeem? Говоря противникам, я недавно разговаривал с старым Иверимом, он говорил, что вроде он тоже хотел вот на этот бой, но вроде как ты отказался. Это правда? Был такой разговор? Я читал это в интернете. У Алистера Вильяма идет несколько поражений подряд, поэтому... И он не был предложен как кандидатура, вот, реальная кандидатура, скажем так. Он был один из списка, который мне предложили. Yeah, well, I did read about that on internet. Yeah, but well, uh, uh, I looked and uh, I think that there were several losses in the row by Alistair. Uh, yeah, he was in the list of opponents. No, скажем, утвердительный... То есть, ну, мне дали на раздумье определенный список бойцов, но когда... Скажем, предложили Тимати, действующего бойца, без ведущего успешно, я согласился на Тимати. Yeah, I was given the list of fighters, but then I was offered uh, Timothy's opponent, and I looked it through, and yes, I agreed uh, for this fight with him as the active fighter. Ну и, как я понял, самому Беллатору был интересен этот бой. And as far as I understood, that Bellator was also interested in this very fight. At this point, is there anyone on your list who you have not fought that you would like to fight before you officially call it a career? Ну вот говоря об этом, есть ли кто-нибудь, с кем ты еще не встречался в бою, но хотел бы встретиться и встретился бы, если бы это ну, если еще будут у тебя бои. Из этого листа? From this very list or from any from list. the list? Is there anyone that he has never fought that you would like to fight before it's all said and done? Кого, ну, кого угодно. Вообще кто-то есть такой, с кем ты не встречался еще, но вот хотел бы встретиться до завершения своей карьеры. 
Сейчас подвинемся здесь, посмотрим, кто, кто пройдет хорошо. We'll finish this very fight, and then we'll see what happens later. Okay, interesting. What, what about in the past? Is, was there someone that you never had a chance to fight that you wish you could have fought? А вот в прошлом, вот с кем-то ты не встречался, допустим, а ты бы хотел с ним встретиться. Были такие имена? Maybe not. Well, frankly speaking, I never thought about that. Okay. I think, uh, and I don't think this is a, a, a hot take, if you will, I think you're the best fighter to never fight in the UFC, the best fighter in the history of MMA to never fight in the UFC. At this point, is it a badge of honor for you, Fyodor, that you were the one guy to say, you know what, I don't want to be in business with you, I don't want to go over there. It will forever be known that you were the best to never fight in the UFC octagon. Is this something that you are actually proud of? Ты великий боец, достиг всего, 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 и даже никогда не бившись в UFC. Вот гордишься ли ты, ты тем, что вот несмотря на то, что в UFC ты не попадал, ты все равно вот завоевал все, что можно. Есть ли какая-нибудь гордость внутренняя? Uh... Ну, не гордость, а радость, что э, радость, что через меня, может быть, узнали Россию, узнают Россию. И, э, люди разных стран э, интересуются Россией. Well, I, I cannot see that I'm proud of that. I can see that I'm happy that through my fights and through my career more people in the world learned about Russia and keep learning about Russia. The relationship, uh, the relation towards Russia changes. In spite of the fact of really bad propaganda and bad publicity uh, against Russia in many countries nowadays, in spite of that very fact, there are a lot of people uh, who keep really very good relation and attitude towards Russia and Russian people. Do you think that if you never fought and had success in MMA, that we wouldn't see these young, great Russian fighters, whether they're from Moscow, or Dagestan, or Chechnya, all these fighters that are dominating now, you know who they are. Do you think that they never would have come, that they are basically products of your success, byproducts of your success, disciples of Fyodor, whether directly or indirectly? Do you believe that? Думал ли ты когда-нибудь, и считаешь ли ты, что если бы ты не прошел вот эту дорогу и не добился бы этого успеха, ты бы не открыл дорогу вот этим молодым бойцам? Сейчас. То есть, если бы не твой успех и не твое вот движение вверх, то они бы никогда вот на эту дорогу не вышли бы. Думаю ли ты об этом когда-нибудь? Я... Да нет, а что об этом думать? Слава Богу, что ребята занимаются, слава Богу, что наши ребята сейчас успешно выступают в различных классах. No, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that, but I'm just happy that uh, 
our team and our country men sportsmen they do perform all over the world and they go along this road with a success we have time for a couple more questions a couple more mm-hmm Okay, okay. <laughs> I know it's always very special to talk to you, Fyodor. There are a lot of new fans in MMA. Um, some of them maybe weren't watching Pride back in the day. What would you say, in your opinion, your proudest achievement, your favorite fight, your favorite moment that newer fans should go back and watch? For you, when it's all said, what, what would you say is the, the, the proudest victory of your career? У тебя прямо сейчас еще прибавилось новых болельщиков, уже молодых, которые еще и не видели какие-то твои бои в прайде. Вот что бы ты им сказал, вот тот самый бой, о котором ты думаешь, что, ребята, посмотрите его еще, которым бы ты гордился? Не знаю. I don't know. Come on. Really? <laughs> when you were slammed on your head, you come back, you win. You win in pride. You win all these big matches. Ну, в каждом каждом бой был интересный, каждый бой был выходили ребята чемпионы UFC, чемпионы других организаций, поэтому и на каждый бой старался настроиться, победить, поэтому не знаю даже. Yes, I did have wins. I did have wins in Pride. I did have wins uh, in another promotions uh, against really, you know, great fighters, UFC champions, but I would try to work honestly and prepare honestly for each fight, take it very seriously. So that's why it's very difficult to me uh, to say some one fight. I understand. You're a very humble guy. And I, and I miss, you know, very few people in this sport, Fyodor, they're very thoughtful. You are very thoughtful when you speak. So I, I miss those pauses. Those pauses when I speak to you, that's like gold to me. I love that. I, I really appreciate how thoughtful you are. Какой-то думающий человек, это очень видно и очень приятно разговаривать. Мне нравятся очень вот эти вот паузы, которые ты делаешь. Очень мне это нравится. Спасибо большое. Но, конечно, человек должен сначала думать, а потом говорить. Thank you very much, Ariel. Certainly, the human being has to think first and then speak. Okay, I'll ask you final question because I, I don't want uh, Tanya and CJ to come after me and get all upset uh, that I've gone too long. Uh, thank you so much for this. Spasiba again. What do you want? You know, I'm not saying it's the end on Saturday, but what would you like for your legacy to be, Fyodor, in this sport? When people talk about you in 30, 40 years, what do you want them to say first about you and what you've accomplished in this sport? Я не хочу сказать сейчас, что это конец, что это последний бой. Просто хочу спросить, вот какое наследие памяти? Вот через 30-40 лет, если люди о тебе вспомнят, что бы ты хотел, чтобы они о тебе вспомнили, что бы они тебе сказали? Я бы хотел, чтобы вы меня вспоминали как о православном христианине, 
чтобы мое имя мое, ну, никогда не ассоциировалось с трештоками и всякого рода грязью. Вот. И чтобы люди воспоминали по мне, у них была ну, радость и позитивное настроение. I want people to remember about me and to recall me as Orthodox Christian. Uh, I don't want my name to be associated with some trash talks or some like, dirty things. Uh, I want people to have some joy and some positive feelings and associations when they recall my name. That's beautiful. I, I salute you. I stand up for you, Fyodor. You're the man. Legend. It's a, it's a great honor and privilege to have you on the show. Thank you for taking some time. I know you don't do this often. And good luck to you on Saturday against Timothy Johnson on Showtime here in America. It is always a very special occasion when you fight, and I'm looking forward to it very much. So good luck to you, and thank you, and great to see you again. And I'm happy that you're feeling better after having COVID, my friend. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. All right. And Tanya, you're the GOAT. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ariel. Bye. Bye-bye. There they are. Wow. What legends. I mean, you, you sit there and you just want to, you just want to, you know, you, you want to bathe yourself in every moment, every word, every pause. It's a beautiful thing. I hope you appreciate that, you know, we are in the presence of greatness when this man comes on the program. I hope you appreciate that. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that man doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't talk to a lot of people, and I'm not saying that I'm some sort of uh, special character in the history of the sport, but I'm just saying it is a huge deal when Fyodor, and if you are a newer fan of MMA, and I know there are a lot, and that's great, go back and watch some of those pride fights. The pride ones in particular, I mean, that was magic. 30,000 people, 40,000, Saitama Super Arena. The affliction fights were cool too, um, but man, those pride fights, Mirko Krokop, Mark Coleman, Mark Hunt, Antonio Rodrigo Noguera, Randleman, of course. I mean, just incredible stuff. So he returns to action on Saturday, Bell Tour 269 against Timothy Johnson. That card, uh, main card is at three o'clock, by the way. Usman Nurmagomedov on the card. Vitaly Minikov on the card as well. And uh, that's one of many fights that are happening Saturday afternoon here in America. We got UFC 4 o'clock main card. KSW is going on uh, during the day as well. Mariusz Pujanowski competing on that card. Um, Glory fighting with Rico Verhoeven and Gokansaki, of course, on the card. 
not fighting each other, but there's a lot going on Saturday afternoon. Not so much Saturday night, but Saturday afternoon, a lot going on in the world of MMA. So I'm looking forward to that very much. And uh, looking forward, hey, I mean, he's 45, not saying that he has to retire. Remember, uh, went through a bit of a rough patch there, but uh, Fyodor is coming off a win over Rampage Jackson, December of 2019, that was his last fight. Lost to Bader in 35 seconds back in January of 2019. Prior to that, beat Chael, beat Frank Mir. The Frank Mir fight was really impressive, 48-second win. Uh, so he's won three of four. Let's see how he does against big Tim Johnson. And there are a lot of, all of a sudden, there are a lot of uh, options out there for Fyodor with JDS being a, uh, a free agent. Alistair Overeem out there. You heard what he had to say about uh, Overeem. Those are a couple of names. The Josh Barnett fight never materialized. Of course, that was the fight that was supposed to happen in, uh, in Affliction before they went under. So a lot of options there for the big man. Uh, we'll see what he does in front of his people at the uh, the VTB Arena in Moscow, Russia. All right, so we go from Russia to Poland. In a matter of seconds, we'll be joined by the reigning, defending UFC light heavyweight champion. Uh, he is on some kind of roll. He has won his last five in a row. Of course, the last time we saw him was in early March, March 6th to be exact, when he defeated Israel Adesonia, and he returns to action on October 30th, so not this Saturday, next Saturday, in Abu Dhabi, of course, a great card, UFC 266. He's fighting against the one and only Glover Teixeira in the main event, uh, of course, defending his light heavyweight title once again. It's always great to talk to Jan Bachovic, and he is kind enough to join us from Poland right now via the magic of Zoom. Jan, my friend, how are you? Good, and how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you. We just had... Fyodor Emelianenko on. Were you a fan of his? Oh, nice. Yeah, legend. Nice. Did, were you a fan of his when you were coming up? Of course. I think every everyone is a fan of Fyodor. You know, he's a legend, like he you say. Absolutely. Well, who was your favorite fighter when you were coming up? Uh, I've got a lot of, you know, favorite fighters, but uh, I started watching MMA uh, when I saw Really? The first fighter what I saw, yeah. Against who? Do you remember? I saw a highlight, you know? Yeah. Some kind of highlight. My friend showed me highlight on the internet and I, he was uh, the first fighter. I don't remember, I guess, uh, who he fights, but uh, he was the, the first fighter. Uh, he I, mean, was judged. I think a lot of people uh, have that sentiment as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jan. Did you become... Did you, did you have your baby yet or you're waiting to have the baby? Was your, wasn't your wife pregnant? When? Recent, well, because I remember you said... She was pregnant. Yeah, she was pregnant. She was. Now she's not. Now I am a father. You are. When, when did that happen? Uh, ten months ago. Ten months ago it's been. So it was before the yeah. Israel fight. <laughs> the, before the Israel fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How, how's it going? How's fatherhood? Nice. You know, now is now is okay. The beginning was very hard, you know, because that was uh, everything was different. You know, he changed my life completely. But now I used to that. Uh, you know, uh, he sleeps very well right now in the night. So uh, now it's fun. Now it's, we just enjoy every day, every single day with him. 
So uh, the original word that we got was that this fight against Glover, the title fight, was going to happen, I think it was September 4th, and then they pushed it to Abu Dhabi. Why, from your perspective, did it get pushed to October 30th? Uh, there was still some restriction with COVID. They told us something like this. Some problem with COVID, and that's why they pushed it to October 30th. Okay, and uh, were you okay with that? I mean, obviously... You yeah, to... I was okay. I just do, you know, longer vacation, no problem for me. Spend more time with family, you know, enjoy the life. Uh, it was good for me. Nothing, you know, it's okay. If, if they will push to the earlier, yeah, that will be a problem. But uh, later, no problem. So you don't mind that it's been uh, almost eight months between fights for you? No, for me it was okay. For me, I, I have time to, you know, to, to fix some small injuries in my body. You know, rest, take care, take, you know, take care of my, my family. So I enjoy this this time. And uh, of course... And two fights in the year, it's perfect for me. So I'm, I'm happy. Uh, of course, we remember that it was back in Abu Dhabi last year that you won the title against uh, Dominic Reyes. Is it nice for you to go back to the place where you won the belt? Like, do you have happy memories? Well, I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. You know, it's the lucky place for me. I feel great over there. So... Uh, yeah, in, in, in Saturday we're going to be there, so, you know, one week before fight to catch the climate, but it's just two hours different, so nothing for me. But yeah, I cannot wait to, to, to be there again, you know, and I will start, you know, remind what's happened over there, and I, I hope so. It's going to be lucky place for me for forever uh, to the end of my life, you know. <laughs> So I, I defend my power over there. I would imagine you would prefer to fight there than in Las Vegas. You know, Las Vegas is good. You know, it's uh, I like life like Las Vegas. You know, lot 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 of things to do after the fight. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Abu Dhabi is also a nice place to to visit to to be there. And after the fight, I can go anywhere when I want. Yeah. So for me, it's better because just two hours. Uh, so now not not don't have jet lag stuff like this. Just one week before the fight over there. So it's okay. I'm happy. So, Jan, uh, recently you were uh, very much in the news. I think you had one of your most uh, popular tweets ever. I'm looking at it now. 22,000 likes, Jan, for this tweet that you posted on Monday. You know the one I'm talking about, right? This is the tweet for uh, the... Correct. <laughs> yes. Did you write this tweet, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my words. Okay, so you wrote... I just, you know, I've got my, my friend, he, he, he spoke English very well. I just... Tell him what I want to say, and he just, you know, write this correct, you know. So, I love it. It was great. To, to everybody will understand because, you know, you, are, you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. So this is what you tweeted. You tweeted, hold up. So a guy who bolted from the UFC after I've slept him and almost made him retire got a couple wins in the second league and claims he is the best? Maybe I've punched him too hard. No class in win or defeat, Corey. There's levels to this. So it did it. Yes, it this it, is my word. It, it appears to me, you let me know if I'm wrong, Corey Anderson has won three in a row in Bellator. He just won on Saturday against Ryan Bader. He's about to fight for the belt. And now they're saying, hey, you know, we have the best guy. He beat you once. You beat him very recently, the last fight of his in the UFC. You're telling him, hey, relax there, buddy. I'm the king of the light heavyweights. I'm the best light heavyweight in the world. I'm the, the champion of the UFC's light heavyweight division. Did this annoy you when you heard him say this stuff? A little bit, you know. I just want to, you know... Uh put him to the ground again. Uh, like I tell you, you know, difference between uh, me and him is that uh, when I lost the fight, the fight, I don't quit, you know, because I'm not a quitter, you know. He lost the fight and he quit. He let it go. He maybe pressure was too big for him, you know, and he go to, to somewhere else, to different place. 
Lagatelle, uh, uh, to, to, to second league. And now he is, you know, he starts, you know, barking. <laughs> Come on, I don't understand that. Why he don't uh, stay in UFC? He can, you know, say everything, you know, right now. Man and stuff like this. No, he is just a coward and quitter. That's why he doing this. And now he is, you know, safe over there because I'm not over there. So he don't, uh, and different fighters will beat him in UFC. You know, that, I think that's why he start uh, barking. Oh my, okay. And, so, so you're not, because he said, he told me he's made more money in two fights than he did in 15 UFC fights. You're not buying this. You think it's so because... he's got bad manager, I don't know. <laughs> well. You know, or something like this. <laughs> you know, he tell you everything right now to, to defend his, you know, uh, his story. He will tell everything. He put on internet everything. Uh, but anyway, before he goes to sleep, he knows that he's a quitter and coward, you know, because he, 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 he left the Champions League. Uh, do you watch his fights over there? Are you impressed with how he's looked or not really? Yeah, I watched this fight. Uh, Corey Congrats did a great job. But uh, anyway, you know, uh, <laughs> you escaped from UFC. So that's it. Uh, I, I am a fan of MMA. So I watch a lot of fights, you know, not only UFC, not only Pelato. We've got KSW, a lot of uh, you know, small events in Poland every week. My friends fight almost every weekend somewhere. So I watch uh, a lot of uh, fights. What about uh, their champion? Just curious, Vadim Nemkov. What do you think of him? Uh, he's a good fighter. Maybe he someday he will join to, to, to UFC. And we will see then how, how, how he's going to look in UFC. Uh, I asked the fans, I did a poll. I said, which light heavyweight title fight are you more looking forward to? Jan Bohovic versus Glover Teixeira or Vadim Nemkov versus Corey Anderson? I think you guys won by 78%. It was a landslide. The fans said they were more looking forward to your fight. We won, yeah? Uh, yes, you won. You won. I, 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 yeah, okay. So I'm not surprised. Uh, so what about Glover at this point in his career? Do you, do you feel like, I mean, he's been on a roll, but he hasn't fought in a while as well because of the Israel fight he had to wait. Do you feel like this is going to be your toughest test or do you feel like you have had to fight tougher guys to get to this point? After the fight, I will tell you, you know, maybe yes, maybe, yes, maybe no. Uh, I'm, I will be ready for, you know, best Glover ever because maybe this is his last chance for title, one of the, you know, last fight in uh, his career. So he's going to be, you know, the best shape in his life, I think so. And I'm going to be ready for that. I have to be ready for this. He's going to do everything to, to take this back. But I'm going to do everything to defend it. I'm wondering, you, you tell me what's right and what's wrong. Um, it seems to me like you have a lot of respect for Glover. You guys have a nice relationship, right? Uh, there was a nice moment after the Israel fight where he came up to you. Do you like it when you're fighting someone that you respect where there's no bad blood? Or when there's a little more trash talk, do you feel like you get up for the occasion? I don't care, you know. Uh, I don't have to like my opponent or, I can, uh, or, or he can be my friend. For me, it doesn't matter. Because when the cage is closed, when the octagon is closed, that, you know, something changed in my head. And I just want to, you know, uh, <laughs> destroy my opponent, you know, knock him out, submit him. I don't care that he's my friend or, or, or not, you know. So, uh, that's it. But uh, anyway, I don't like trusted, you know. Uh, it's something what we don't need. In the internet, we've got a lot of, you know, uh, bad blood, shit and stuff like this. So, uh, we, I don't need to put a little bit more. But if someone wants to, I can answer. No problem. You're very good at the trash talk, by the way. You you do great with it. I love your trash talk. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think you should do more like of I it. I tell you, I can't answer. I can't answer, you know. But uh, when I was a young kid in my neighborhood, uh, when someone, want, you know, 
Uh, we've got some bad blood between my, someone, you know, from my neighborhood. We go, you know, to the back of the garage and we do, you know, how the real men do. We're not talking, you know. Oh, okay. Street fight. <laughs> yeah. Did you get into a lot of street fights street. as a kid? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> more than, more than uh, in uh, like a pro fighter. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And what was your, how many did you win? How many did you lose? Like, did you win more than lose? Oh, I don't remember. Wow! <laughs> uh, but definitely, I'm all, I've got you know more wins to lose. <laughs> do you, Do you find that now that you're a famous UFC champion, that people are trying to test you? Do people come up to you, or do they do they respect no, you? No, no, no. I'm not looking trouble right now. You know, uh, I can you know drink beer <laughs> with everybody. I don't need a problem. Uh, no, people when just uh, come to me, they, they just want you know say, "Hey, what's up, John? Good luck in your next fight," and they just you know take a photo with you. It's nice. Do you feel like life has drastically changed for you since winning the belt last September? Do you notice a difference? A lot, you know. Mentally, I'm the same person, you know. But, you know, my life is much faster right now, you know. A lot of things changes, you know. Uh, I play in movie. <laughs> I am actor right now also. Really? Uh, you know, a lot. Yeah. Which, a, a Polish movie? Polish movie, Polish movie, yeah. What's it about? But we, 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 we also do in the English language this movie, so <laughs> we'll what's, see. What's the Maybe movie about? Watch this. Uh, about uh, the gangsters in Poland life, you know, Polish uh, uh, time plate, you know. Uh-huh. But I'm a good guy over there. Uh-huh. I'm a po- po- policeman. <laughs> and, and so your, your, your role is policeman in the movie? Yeah. You have a speaking role? Yes, a little bit. Wow. I've got few. And I shooting, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I and, kill gangsters. <laughs> I love it. And and when does it come out? Uh, when come out? In a, uh, November 11. In, the, in Poland, but I don't know when they put it uh, on Netflix or wow. in the USA. I don't in know. the movie theaters it comes out? Yeah, there, there is. You can. I can. I send you link. Okay, cool. Later. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, and is this your first movie? First movie. Yeah. You enjoyed it? A lot. You know, uh, it was nice. You know, I meet a lot of nice people. I, I've got the role with the, one of the biggest uh, Polish actor. You know, uh, he is my boss in the movie. So I meet him. You know, it was something amazing for me that I can meet him. Did you ever think that this would come in your life, especially at this, like that this would be a, a product of your success in MMA, that these opportunities would be yeah, afforded of course, to you? If I will not be a US champion, I think I will not play in this kind of movie. Yeah. Right. But now I'm the champion, so I, I've got my five minutes and I want to use it to, to, to do everything what uh, makes me happy, you know, when I enjoy it. Sure. But why do you say five minutes? Well, you could be champion for the next 10 you years. You know, it's like uh, we say like, in, in Poland like this. It's, you know, I'm going to use, you know, all my life to, to enjoy it. But we say, now I've got my five minutes, so I need to, you know, do what I can to, to use it. Of course. Uh, what has been the best thing to happen to you as a result of being champion? Was it the movie or, or maybe something else? You know, everything. I just, I'm just, you know, happy because I do all my life, you know, like an amateur, then like a pro fighter, and now I'm the best in the world, on the top. So, uh, and a lot of the people send me messages that, that I'm inspired them, you know. Uh, so this is also something nice for me that, that uh, after when I become a champion. Because, you know, I lose a couple of fights, I was, you know, down and I raise up, never surrender, never to, you know, stop believing in me. And now I'm the champion and 
a lot of people sending messages them, big motivation for them. So this is something uh, nice for me. Would you say, uh, I mean, you're still a young guy, but this is the happiest you've ever been in your life? These are the best days of your life so far? Yeah, that one and uh, my when my son was born. Of course. These two things. Yeah, but it all comes together. It's all happening at the same time for you, right? You're becoming yeah, a father. Yeah, almost the same, the same year. So 2020 was the best year of my life, for sure. It's crazy. For a lot of people, the worst year, but for you, the best year. Yes, and this is crazy. It sounds weird. But it's true, you know, <laughs> 2020 the best year of my life. Um, where do you have the belt? Where do you keep it? Uh, you know, he's uh, under the TV. Under the TV because, uh, you know, I don't like watch TV. Uh, so I watch on my belt, you know, when my fiance, she watch something on TV, so I don't watch it on my belt. You just I use TV for, for games, you know, for playing games. <laughs> you don't like to watch shows and things like that? Sometimes, you know, but when, like, now I watch uh, Dancing with the Stars because the brother of my fiance, she was, he was over there, so I support him. <laughs> wow. Your, your, so, your fiance's brother is a star? Uh, he was a MMA fighter before. Now he is uh, the, the best commentator in, in Poland, you know. Uh, and he got some uh, TV shows about MMA. So they invite him to 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 dancing with the star. Also, he's a guy who 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 works in Ninja Warrior. He is a speaker over there. You know? Wow, that's crazy! Uh, and this... yeah, oh, I was in the Ninja Warrior also. Oh, I saw that. Yes, you were in the Ninja Warrior. Am I falling down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you fall in the water? Yeah. Oh my! So you didn't do it's. It's, it's tough. Hard, you know, it looks easy in TV, but in in real was really hard you know that the guys who are doing that that they are they are really good but i don't try for that you know i just go there and what's happened i don't know let's go let's try but wait a second back to your your brother-in-law uh or your future brother-in-law uh, this is the polish version of dancing with the stars yes yes now i feel like you're one of the most famous polish people on the planet right now have they asked you to be on it not yet. Maybe after when I finish, you know, my career. I don't have time right now for this. Okay. And I don't know that I'm good in dancing, you know. I'm good with dancing, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, after the midnight. Right, right, right. After you drink a little bit. That's right. And maybe you get that gold burger. You have that gold burger in you, you feel good. Okay, I think you're covering the, the microphone. We don't hear you. Oh. Yesterday they, they found uh, uh, 30 meters for my apartment uh, bomb from Second War, you know? <laughs> no way. So I was a little nervous. <laughs> Wait, they found an old bomb from the Second World War? Yeah. 30 yeah. meters from your 30 apartment? 30 meters from my apartment. Who found it? Uh, they do something on the road. They fix the road and they start, you know, digging. And they, they, they found it, so... Holy so we wait for military six hours, and they come and they just take it, go away. I mean, <laughs> I that, do a photo of it. Wow, that I mean, that bomb at this point yeah. is like eighty years old. Something like this. But they were nervous that it was going to explode. You know, that was a weird feeling, you know. But uh, be, be, before the military come, everybody who who, who see that come and do a photo. When military comes, just go away, hide. We cannot go right now over here and just they take it. But you know, Warsaw was completely destroyed when it was World War II. So uh, a lot of uh, stuff like this, there is on the ground still. Of course. So, 
I went. I went to. I visited Warsaw once in 1999. I was there. Oh, it was a great experience. You like it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, Enjoy I went. It? I went to a lot of the. I went on a trip. We visited the concentration camps, like Auschwitz and and stuff oh. like that. So okay. it was very powerful for me. I'm a Jewish person, so for me, it was yeah, very it powerful is. to see that. It is powerful. It's everybody has to see it. The history cannot repeat. Of course. So everybody has to go there and then see what's happening. Have you been there? Yes, of course. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, we uh, uh, there was uh, teachers take us from school. We go there. You know? Wow. How old? I don't remember. Uh, but for sure, I was too young for that, and I had to come back. Yeah. Uh, right now, with this mentality. You of know? course, yeah. You have to be a little bit uh, older and mature because yeah. it's very heavy. Um, speaking of which, have you gone to the? Uh... My, grand, my, my grandfather was in the, the camp. You know? And uh, my uncle, my two uncles was over there also. One escaped, one died. Wow, really? Yeah. What about yes. your grandfather? My grandfather, he, they catch him and uh, he was in the camp, but somewhere in Germany, you know? Wow. I don't remember the name. And because he was Polish? I'm bad with his story. Yes. Just because he was Polish? Uh, he fight on the Second War, you know? He, he do a lot of, you know... Uh, mission or stuff like this uh, and they, they catch him and you know put him somewhere over there so in total in your family your two uncles and your grandfather anyone else I have to ask my mother but maybe someone more you know uh, but I don't remember for sure my grand, uh, grandfather and for sure two uncles wow and I know that uh, one uh, escaped and one uh, one died and that one who escaped I have pleasure to to, to, to speak with him you know Wow, is he still alive? I was really, you know, I was a young kid, really, really young, so I don't remember. I just remember that he was in my home, and uh, you know, I talked him and spoke with him. Yeah, it's very important to go and uh, and learn about this, so that, as you said, it never happens again. Uh, I didn't know that about you. That's incredible. Uh, also, the uh, the famous rope in the forest. Have you gone to visit it yet? Uh, I will go uh, tomorrow or in Friday to charge energy from that. You know. <laughs> It's still there? Yes, yeah, so this is something what I have to do before flying. How do you know it's still there? Uh, no, I take the piece of the rope yeah. with me. I just go with this piece of the rope to this, to this place. Oh, okay, okay. So the rope isn't there anymore? I don't know. I have to check it. Maybe maybe a little bit on the tree still, but okay. I, I, I don't was, don't, don't was there a yeah. long time. So you made a bracelet, there. right? You have it? No, but you want to see it? Sure. Give me uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We'll go see it. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Um, can I ask you yeah. about Yuri Prochaska? He's going to be the backup fighter for this. I hear he's going to be in Abu Dhabi. He's going to weigh in. What do you think of him? Are you impressed with him? Yeah, you know, he's stepping right to the UFC, you know, do two great fights. Uh, it's amazing. But I watched his fight, you know, before he was in UFC, so I knew that he's a really good fighter. And we'll see in the future. I think we're gonna meet together. I, but I don't think so. Uh, we don't. We don't gonna need uh, the backup for this fight. I finished my sparring session, so you know the worst, uh, the most uh, something what can you can get catch injury. It's over for me. So I'm ready. I'm healthy. Uh, I think so. Glover also. So we don't. Need, but never know what's gonna happen. Sure. Uh, but I think so. Uh, Glover and me, we're going to make this fight. But if not, I'm going to be ready for him also. And this is the... There it is. Bronzolet. Amazing. That's the rope. Now it looks nice, but inside it's, you know, the, 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 the real rope. Okay. Uh, 
Dirty. <laughs> and you will wear it to Abu Dhabi? Yes, I will take it. Okay. I, will, I take it always when something important happened in my life. You know? And it's brought you amazing luck. Yeah, it works. It's... It works uh, 90% of, uh, of, of, of luck, you know. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, just a couple of things I want to ask you about. Uh, do you believe that Yuri will be next? And do you think that that is the right decision? He's only had two fights in the UFC. If I will be a matchmaker, but I'm not. But yeah. if I, I will do Yuri against Rakic and winner of this fight next uh, next for me or, you know, the next contender for, for, for the title shot. Uh, but I'm a fighter, I just, you know, they sent me email with opponent, I signed it and fight because I don't like choose opponents. Never do this before and I don't want to do, do this, you know. Sure. Um, and what did you think of Johnny Walker? You know, he had some words to say about you before the fight and uh, then the fight didn't really go his way. What did you think of that? Yeah, I think they all fighters, first of all, they have to focus about themselves, about, you know, uh, and start doing the fight and then start calling out the, 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 you know, the champion. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, he didn't win against Thiago Santos. He had some things to say about you on, on our show as well. Uh, but uh, Anthony Smith looking good. Maybe he's going to be in the mix too. Yeah, he still is on the game. You have to, you know, he, he still is there. So we'll see. Good, 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 uh, good fight. So we'll see. Maybe in future also he's going to be, he's going to have uh, another chance for, for the title. We'll see. Not John Jones though. Maybe... Maybe never. I mean, at this John point. John Jones, you know, no, nobody knows what's happened right now with him. <laughs> sad. Very sad, right? Disappointing. Very sad. Yeah. I don't want to judge him, but we will see what's going to happen. Right. Well, uh, next for you is Glover Teixeira on October 30th, a great card happening in the afternoon here in America. What's the official uh, Polish prediction for this fight? What do you think? The second or third round KO. Oh. I'm gonna be yes. <laughs> and steal, and we're gonna hear and steal. Yeah. Oh, I love it! I love it. Second or third round KO, and it's a big week for Polish MMA because there's a big uh, card KSW on Saturday with Mariusz Pujanowski fighting. Yes, you're going to that one? No, yes. you're going to be traveling. No, I'm gonna be in the plane. I hope so. We we gonna uh, we gonna make it, and we're gonna watch in you know, in Abu Dhabi this uh, this event. But I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna make it or no. I don't know. You're friends with Mariusz? So not. And also one. Uh, Carolina Ofchas, she also trained in my gym. She will be trained over there. She will be fight over Fighting. there. Uh, are you, do you know Marius? Yeah, we trained together in the same gym. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't realize it was the same gym. What a legend. Yeah. That is a big guy. He was a big guy. Now he's a little bit smaller. But anyway, still big, yeah? Yes. But uh, <laughs> if, you're gonna, if you see him uh, six years ago... <laughs> big guy. Uh, he needs to, you know, uh, cut a little bit weight because he was tired after, you know, Two minutes of fight when he was so big. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, Jan, always a pleasure to have you on. Always a, pl a pleasure to talk to you. I wish you the best of luck on October 30th and uh, very much looking forward to seeing you uh, get back in there and uh, defend your title. It's uh, It's been amazing to watch your run over the last few years. So good luck to you, my friend, and thank, thank you, you as always for coming it. on. Thank you. Pleasure for me, like always. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. There yeah, he is. Bye. Jan Bachowicz, the Current UFC light heavyweight champion who returns to action on October 30th. Always a mensch. Always, I didn't know that about his family uh, being in the, uh, the concentration camps. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, here's my uh, my friend Abhisek. Uh, dead body, frozen river baths. Lucky noose rope, and now World War II bomb just 30 minutes away from his house. Jan Bohovich is one storyteller, legendary champion. Absolutely. The MMA Hour is one interesting place. Well, that was great. You know, I love talking to the, uh, the Eastern European fighters, uh, very thoughtful with their responses. writing to me here you know i put my uh i put my phone on uh on silent people writing to me yes uh, we can talk about kevin lee someone asked me about kevin lee's suspension chael sonnen breaking the news yesterday that kevin lee uh tested positive for adderall and i asked kevin lee about this and uh, he confirmed it to be true expects to get a six month or so suspension the question i was getting from someone was why isn't this being covered by anyone I'm actually not sure why it's not being covered. Uh, but Chael Sonnen broke the news. How about that? On his YouTube channel. One of these days we'll have Mr. Chael P. on the program to talk about how he breaks this news and a whole lot more. That was great stuff from Jan. Fiery stuff. Calling him a coward questioning his manager. You got to love that stuff. Uh, in any event, in a matter of seconds, we're going to be joined by another fighter who uh, doesn't do a ton of media, but it is always uh, an honor and a privilege to have her on the program. She is the current reigning defending UFC strawweight champion. She returns to action on November 6th, Madison Square Garden. Of course, I'm talking about Rose Namajunas, uh, who we've had on this show for many years, dating back to when she was joining Pat Barry, her fiancé, on the program. Remember that? She was just kind of in the background. I don't remember the first time that she was ever on the show, um, but you know, she was maybe an amateur, maybe had just debuted. She debuted officially in 2013. Invicta FC number four, she defeated Emily Kagan. Of course, we all remember the flying armbar victory uh, in April of 2013. Returned to action in April, that card in Jacksonville, and scored what I do believe will end up being one of the uh, contenders for knockout of the year, an incredible knockout victory over Zhang Wei Li, and they'll run it back right away on November 6th, right here in New York City at the world's most famous arena, the Mecca Madison Square Garden. Without further ado, let us talk to one of the best fighters on the planet, the current reigning defending UFC strawweight champion, the one and only Thug Rose, Nama Yunus. She's back. What's up, Rose? How are you? 
good. How are you? I'm doing great. I was trying to remember the first time you ever, you know, we're back doing this show here. Uh, and I was trying to remember the first time you were ever on the show, kind of in the background as an amateur with the long hair. I don't remember. You probably don't as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lifetime <laughs> long time ago. ago. Yes. Yeah. A, a lifetime ago. Uh, but it's always great to have you on. By the way, off the top, I just wanted to ask you, a lot of people lately, and I didn't want to run with this out of respect for you, so I want to uh, get your blessing or not. A lot of people, I don't know if you know this, have been uh, referring to me as Thug Nose. And uh, this is, of course, uh, paying homage to you. Am I allowed to run with this, Rose, or would you rather me stand back? Of course. That's what I'm calling you every time now. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty damn good nickname, if you ask me, right? I mean, Thug Nose, pretty damn good. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have your blessing. Of course, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Thug Rose meets Thug Nose here on the MMA Hour. Um, <laughs> yes. Great to talk to you. Can I ask you off the bat, uh, it seemed to me like you were interested i remember the last time we spoke after the win in april uh you were interested in running it back with carla carla sparza you end up with zhang right away immediate rematch were you surprised when they ended up with zhang as your next opponent and not carla um originally i was just because of how you know impressive carla looked but you know i, I think um when i step out of like my shoes and into maybe into the ufc shoes i guess that's what makes more sense to them. Um, and then when I really think about it, you know, Whaley is still the most dangerous opponent I could face. But in all actuality, um, at the end of the day, I don't really feel like it matters who I fight because opponents can change. Um, all that matters to me is just being ready for a fight April. I mean, uh, sorry, November 6th. <laughs> so you don't have an emotional investment. You know, Carla, there's a backstory there, of course. Uh, the first yeah. strawweight fight here. You know I mean? Of course, would I want to get that one back? Of course, you know what I mean? Like that, that first, that's originally, like I was kind of stuck on that at first, but I kind of had to like step outside myself and be like, well, what if something, what if, if I, you know, I got to be ready for whoever, you know what I mean? And, uh, and Whaley is more dangerous in my opinion. So, so if I really want to challenge myself, that's, that's a challenge that's going to get me up just a little bit more. But I mean, would I do I want to fight Carla eventually? Yes, as long as she keeps winning. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you know, if if something else doesn't happen, but I would I would for sure want to fight her. Is there a part of you just curious that sort of feels bad for Carla in the sense that maybe if she was a little more flashy, getting knockout when she'd get this spot? You know how it is in the sport, right? It's not necessarily yeah. the person who deserves it who gets it. Yeah, I do. I, I kind of do feel for her, you know, um, she's been, she's been dominant for a while now. And then, you know, she had a really impressive performance this last time. Um, and she's been patient and whatnot, but, um, there's also other really like great top contenders currently, like obviously Marina Rodriguez looked really good too. Um, I don't know, but Carla beat her. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's just one of those things like, yeah, I do feel bad for her, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I feel like that's that's the fight that like fighters always have this um, like we have the fight and then we have like the outside fight and, and, and that's her journey. And, you know, I've had my little challenges and bumps in the road. And I think she's she's a champ. You know, she's a she has a champion mindset and she I, I have no doubt that she's going to figure it out. Do they like in this case, because you are the champion, did they ask you who you prefer or is it just this is the direction we want to go? 
Uh, let, let me see if I can remember. Yeah, no, I think they just they just offered Whaley. Okay. Uh, six, yeah. Why do you think that she's tougher than than uh, Carla? Is it because of her striking? No, I don't think she's tougher or not tougher. If anything, Carla's like super tough. Um, I think that Whaley just has more dangerous tools. I mean, she you've seen the damage. She now take it obviously like Carla in her last fight. Sh- it with uh, what call it? She she had the nasty Ground elbows, down, yeah. and you can tell she's getting better. But um, Whaley, I think, has more dangerous tools. So I have to be on top of my game. No matter who I'm fighting, you know what I mean? Anybody can can hurt you, you know. But I think um, just based on Whaley's resume and what she's done to her opponents, that's that's more, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, has, it keeps me on my toes. What do you think of uh, Zhang Whaley uh, shaving her head? Not quite as short as yours, but, you know, she she drastically changed her look. She moved her camp to Arizona. She's training now with Henry Cejudo and the team over there. When you heard about all of this and saw all of this, what did you think? Um, I think that you know she's she's got a well for sure. Cutting your hair is the I think is the move for any female fighter, any fighter for that matter. Like hair does get in the way. Um, so you know her doing that, I'm sure. I'm sure she's seen a benefit, and um, I think she used to you know, have short hair her whole life, you know, as a kid. But I think just from my understanding, she grew it out. Um, and then now she she kind of realized that she wants to go back to how, how it used to be. As far as her training camp and, you know, training with Henry Cejudo, um, I think she can pick up a few things. And, you know, I, I think it's probably better than than what she's been doing. So I'm I'm just expecting a better version of her. And, you know, maybe a little more well-rounded and whatnot. But at the end of the day, um, it's all about my preparation. And, you know, obviously, like, I wanted to fight Carla. So if she's going to wrestle a little more than great, you know, let me test that out, too. So um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for all of it. Are you expecting her to try to make this uh, more of a wrestling match to try to close the the distance and try to, you know, grapple with you, clinch with you. I mean, the last fight didn't last very long, but are you expecting a different approach from her? Um, I think her, the closer she is, the, the, well, I shouldn't say that. I think in her mind, you know, she was losing on the outside. So let me make it close. You know what I mean? That's probably what she's thinking, but, um, you know, that's, she hasn't even felt how strong I am or, or what these feel like. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's worth the shot, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I'm not a, I'm not an easy fight nowhere. Uh, speaking of which I saw, uh, Pat posted something on Instagram of your arms asking, uh, you know, when your arms got bigger than his, you got massive <laughs> missiles now for arms. I mean, I remember when you were just kind of like, you know, the very tall, the and sc- what happened? <laughs> How did this happen? I'm 29 years old. Man, that <laughs> Not is a baby no more. No, I just, uh, I mean, shoot, gardening and, you know, like carrying buckets and everybody want to do these, you know, have these strength and conditioning coaches, but go dig a hole and move some rocks and, and you know, carry some farmer carry buckets. You know what I mean? Like that'll get you in shape. <laughs> How is the garden looking these days? Well, so the community garden's a little closed down right now. We're just kind of doing moving some stuff indoors and uh, preparing for like the next step. 
um, you know, I'm helping a, a friend with some land and uh, kind of we're planting some trees and stuff like that. So, so there's, uh, I feel like we're in a transition right now and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Cause, um, I've been wanting to plant some trees for the longest time. So I'm learning about that. Why did it close down by the way? Because of the, the weather or cause of COVID? Oh no, no. It's been open through COVID, but, uh, the, the October like 30th is when it, like when the season is over gotcha. with, but it's been pretty much done for me. Like, cause I'm in training camp. So I just kind of like been slowly closing things down a little bit at a time. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's the weather. Um, you're, you're fighting on this card again with, uh, Kamar Usman, uh, Trevor Whitman, your head coach, who's in the running for coach of the year. Once again, has not only you and Kamaru, but also Justin Gaethje on the card. Is it is it a different kind of vibe when all you know like three of the biggest names in the sport are all competing on the same card at the gym? Is it different when all of you guys are peaking at the same time? What's it like as opposed to when it's just you fighting on the card or Kamaru or Justin? I know Kamaru's a little new to the team, but you get the point. So it's kind of similar in a sense um, as far as what the like training is at Onyx, um, just because for the last two fights, me and Kamaru have been you know on the same cards. And then um, Gaethje comes in a little bit later. So it's kind of the same as far as like the training is concerned. Um, and the the vibes are getting ready for a fight, man. <laughs> but uh, as far as like, you know, every training camp is just a little bit different, you know, situations, context of things. Uh, you know, there, there's always like a little bit of a different sentiment. But I think the process is always the same. You know, you go through your your ups and your downs, your good days, your bad days. And, and, but, but today I'm, I'm feeling really in shape and really ready. So, yeah. We, we've obviously talked a lot in the past about your first run as champion. Uh, your second run has now lasted around uh, what is it? Six or so months since you uh, last won the title. Could you say that there is a difference this time around about how you feel about the belt, about being champion? You haven't defended it yet, but is there a different feeling in terms of your relationship towards the title and just the, the idea of you as champion this time around? I do. Um, you know, not like super drastically different, but, um, my life is, um, just so much, I'm filled with so many more blessings and reckon being able to recognize my blessings. You know, obviously I'm, I'm not perfect. I, I still have days where I'm like, you know, feeling sorry for myself and whatnot, <laughs> but, uh, but I definitely know, I think I just have a better sense of like what it is that I'm doing with the belt. You know what I mean? Instead of just like, okay, I'm just going to have some fights and win as much as I can. Like I have like a more a, a, a direct vision of like each step of the way, what it is that I want to do. And, and um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to really put it into words, but I, I do feel more comfortable with it. I feel like, um you know, before it was like, okay, I got this thing, but you know what I mean? I know I'm good, but I really know. I, I really have nothing but proof that I'm I'm awesome and really good at this. Uh, would it be fair to say you just have more self-confidence now? A little more there mature? You go. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, the first time around it happened, you know, relatively young, uh, very soon, very early in your career. Now you're like, yeah, I am the shit. I know I'm the best. And this is just... Yeah you know, a, a, a symbol that represents that. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's, yeah, I'm more, more confident in, in what I've done and what I can do. And, um, yeah. 
is it also that the belt um, the first time around was just kind of this thing that, oh, yeah, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to get this money. You're supposed to, but now you kind of view it as perhaps its own stepping stone to get stories out that you want to get out, talk about things that you want to get out. Like you can almost use use the belt to your advantage as opposed to letting the belt use you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I definitely felt like that. I felt like the first time I felt like it was a shackle and chain. I was like, I had to fight, you know what I mean? As opposed to like, this is what's like motivating me. This is what won't like what I want to do and, and, um, and, uh, all the possibilities that, that come with it. You know what I mean? Obviously just the fighting lifestyle, I think, um, you know, makes your, uh, expands your horizons and your opportunities like tenfold as far as like what you can do with your time and opportunities and things like that. But I think the belt sometimes, you, you like as you're you know chasing the belt and you're approaching it you don't really consider all of the pressure and things and all the atten- extra responsibilities that come with it um but then you also learn how to say no sometimes you learn how to like prioritize your time and 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 just make sure you're focused on just making sure you prioritize your training so um but i think sometimes you don't like you you feel like once you get it, you've made it or something, you know what I mean? It's like, no, it's, a, it's definitely, it's just like, step, it's just another step up on the ladder, you know? I wanted to ask you about something you just uh, mentioned about, you know, you have some days where you feel bad, you feel sorry for yourself. I, I am uh, very, very interested in, in mental health. I've talked a lot about it this year. Uh, I've been a lot more open about my own issues with it and my anxiety and things of that nature. And you have been open about it in the past as well. Uh, but you're somewhat superhuman. Uh, you're this big, strong fighter who knocks people out in incredible ways. Uh, I can't do that. What? What? Could you tell us, like, what gets you down now? What? What makes you feel sorry for yourself, and how do you overcome that? Um, it's a good question. I think just uh, you know, not realizing what it is that, like, every day is a gift. Every day is a blessing. You know, just not not like counting your blessings, and even though you're like it's it's so weird because when you do get in that zone i think um i I think it's like fear and anxiety and and sometimes depression like i think my like my i I notice the patterns that i go through and it's like i'll be fearing something in the future and i'll get anxious and then i'll worry about it worry about it and then you know do all this worrying and stuff and then i'll get myself so tired that i'll get depressed because I'm so tired that like I didn't I just sat there worrying about it and didn't do anything about it and then I'll get sad on myself and then I'll be like ah I gotta do something I'll get anxious again (laughs) so so obviously you know I think it's just like just uh identifying what your fears are and then figuring out what it is that you can do about it and then pray about it and then do something about it and then you know if, if you're having trouble doing something about it obviously there's you know, that's what your support system's there for and whatnot. But yeah, I think that's kind of what I go through. Man, I and, and I'm not trying to make this about myself, I promise, but I, I relate to this incredibly because that is exact. Someone told me recently, my problem is I worry about things that happen or are going to happen in two weeks. Live for today, yeah. not for in two weeks. And these things make me exhausted because nothing's going to happen between now and two weeks. I'm just sitting here worrying and it's giving me yeah. all kinds of anxiety. So I know exactly what you're talking about. There's no sense. <laughs> I just don't know how to stop worrying about what is coming in two weeks. Yeah. How do you live for today, for, for right now, for two o'clock, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think a good way to do that is like, you know, identifying what it is that you're like specifically what it is that you're afraid of. Because sometimes you like you think, you know, and then sometimes you really think about it, you're like, it's really something else or <clears throat> it's a little more specific. But I think like just and, and and then what drives me nuts is like people don't really understand positive affirmations. They're like, oh, if I just like say I'm the best then I'm the best. It's like, no, like, <laughs> yeah, there's like steps that go build up to I'm the best. I'm the best. Like you got to say like well, what it is that you need to do to be the best, you know? And then it's like, well, daily, you know, maybe your positive affirmation starts out with, I'm working on my conditioning daily, you know? And then you say that every day. And as you're doing that, then you can be like, I'm conditioned as fuck, you know, or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Like, and then eventually you're like, I'm conditioned, I'm composed, I'm content, I'm a champion, I'm the best, you know? But I think, I think just knowing that, that um, happiness is a, is, you know, a multitude of decisions that are made daily. And it, I think it's a, it's like, you know, it's like a pyramid. It's not just like a, it's not just like a, uh, like a light switch that you flick on. It's like, you have to build a foundation of happiness, you know? I love that. Did you see that there yeah. was a, a women's soccer team? I believe it was Chelsea where the manager after they won a big match said that she played the team, the clip of you in the, the cage saying, I'm the best. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I know. Cause it's cool because the after the fight, they they reached out to me actually, and then I like I sent them a little video and stuff, oh, wow. and and they won. That was cool. That's amazing. Oh, so you sent them a, a personalized video? Yeah, I think they I think they reached out to like the UFC, and the UFC asked me if I wanted to say something to them, or you know, wow. I I can't remember if like what order of events that happened in, but yeah, it was yeah. And then they, I, I remember them like kind of saying a little speech and then they, they ended up winning. Will you do that this time around in the cage before the fight? What's that? You know, when yeah, you- I, think, I think so. Um, uh, yeah, I did it. Um, what's, what's funny about that is that like people don't realize I did that actually um, facing Andrade in a rematch. Like I, I was saying I was, I'm the best, I'm the best, but I was like kind of more backstage. And then like, as I was walking out, but uh but yeah, for some reason, I think it got more spotlighted this last time. Uh, Andrade recently won, and she said she wants to go back to 115 and fight either you or Zhang. Does that interest you if all goes well on the 6th of November? Um, yeah, I think so. I think uh, that that's interesting. Um, definitely got got you know my work cut out for me in front of me. So you know we'll we'll see we'll cross that bridge when we get to it though. Uh, I did want to ask you about something and not trying to make a whole big deal about this, but I did have Zhang on my show recently. And, you know, I asked her about the comments that, you know, created a lot of uh, buzz and stir before the fight that, that you made. And she said that she felt like you were trying to get the people against her, that you were trying to make her into the enemy here. I'm wondering if you saw her comments and what you thought of her response. That was the first time I had a chance to talk to her about anything. I didn't get to talk to her before the fight. So that's why I brought it up. Um, did you see her response and, and what did you make of it? Um, you know, she can, she can think what she wants to think, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, fault her for that. Um, a lot of what I do seems like it's so genius and so, Ooh, and it's like, I'm just being myself. You know what I mean? (laughs) I am, I am a genius at what I do, but it's because I'm truly just being honest and, and being myself. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you go in there with a game plan and you, you have a plan and stuff, but it's a fight, you know, like, I don't, 
I don't sit around, you know, planning each and every step of the way. So my, whatever I said in my interview is what I said, because that's how I truly felt at that moment in time. And, you know, whatever else came from that, I thought I was worried I was going to get booed because of all the terrible (laughs) press and media that I got. So, you know what I mean? I don't, you know, she wants to think that she can think that, but she doesn't have to. (laughs) How do you feel about her now? Like, do you feel like there's animosity between you guys or, um, is she, like you said, is she just an opponent? That's it. She's just an opponent. You know, um, I don't know what to think of her. You know, um, I, I, you know, she says she wanted to be friends. So, you know, I'm still waiting for a proper introduction, you know, <laughs> like, hello, how's it going? <laughs> you know, but, but obviously, you know, I kicked her in the face, so she doesn't want to be friends no more. So I don't know. Oh my. Uh, you know, I think, um, I, I have nothing but respect for her. You know, I think she's a, I'm really grateful for her as an opponent. Um, she gets me up in the morning. So, you know, I think just her, I, I even have a lot of respect for her for even taking this rematch and, and, and trying to face me again. And I know that she's going to come out with lots of fury and fiery, you know, motivation. So I, uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, maybe we can still be friends one day. Who knows? By the way, speaking of uh, the rematch, you know about this. I, there's a crazy stat out there. I don't have it in front of me. But historically in the UFC, when a champion loses their title and they do the immediate rematch, that person who lost the belt in the first fight loses the second fight. This happened with you and Joanna too, right? They do the immediate rematch and uh, you know that person, Joanna in that case, loses the rematch as well. I feel like and, you know, I was talking about this recently with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Sometimes when a champion, and what the hell do I know? This is just my stupid theory. You don't have to listen to me. But, like, a champion loses the belt. Maybe it's good to get their mojo back, their confidence. They get a fight against someone else, build it back up, and then you try to avenge the loss. Like I said, historically, it doesn't work out well for that person who, in this case, is Zhang. Do you see what I'm saying? And do you agree with that? Um, I think um, as long as... I think when you lose a fight, you really have to get down to the root of the issue of what happened. Sometimes things just happen. You know what I mean? And then there's other times where it's like, most of the time is because, you know, you, you messed up somewhere along the way. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, whatever it is, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know where her mind is at. So, you know, even, but even if, you know, you can correct those mistakes, it's still a fight. Um, anything can happen. So I don't know. I mean, to me, like, I can only speak from my experience when I lost the belt against Andrade, like I couldn't even think about the belt until I went in and faced her again and, and corrected my mistakes. So, um, but like I said, she lost to me and I'm still the champion. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what I would do if I was her. I mean, she's in a, she's a warrior, man. You know, she's, uh, I, I think, I don't know. I, I'm not her, so I, I can't really say what it is that I would do differently or anything like that. I just know um, that I'm the best. <laughs> People talk about Max Holloway. They talk about Connor, best boxers in the UFC. I would put your boxing, yeah. your pure boxing, up there with all of them. It is an absolute joy, really. I'm not just saying it. I've said it before. I'm not just saying it because you're here. 
to watch your head movement, your foot movement, your jab, beautiful things that we don't often see from MMA fighters. And we've seen lately, older guys, yes, but we've seen some MMA fighters try their hand at boxing. Most not having success. Anderson Silva, though, having a lot of success. Is this something you'd like to try, pure boxing, at some point before you stop fighting? Um, you know, I love boxing. I definitely, uh, if, if the money was there, you know, that would be cool. That'd be cool. We could try it out. <laughs> but, um, I love MMA though. I really, I I'm so in love with, with grappling, with wrestling, the clinch and kicking and all of it, mixing it up together. So I feel like if, if I were to do boxing, that would have to be like, Probably a money move, I would say, okay. you know, but I, I love MMA. Okay, so I it's not MMA. really something that you're like, oh, I'd love to do a pure boxing match. It's uh, it's it's more of an MMA. MMA is more your, your bag. Yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, I, I definitely, man, that Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight was like off the charts, was amazing and super excited. But I can't say that like the amount of, like other than that fight and there may be like some other boxing fights, I truly get way more excited off of just any any person fighting in MMA than watching boxing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. And so but doing it, I guess maybe it's a different story, but like I'm 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 definitely in so much more in love with MMA. Okay. Uh two last quick things. Going back to MSG, the site of a great moment in your career. Uh does that mean anything to you? Like do you do you like the idea of going back to this place or irrelevant? Yeah. I love New York. Um I mean, it's crazy. It's it's definitely not an easy place to be. You know, sometimes <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty chaotic at, at moments, but I really do um, appreciate New York. I feel like every time I, I leave there, I'm like a little bit of better of a person or just like a little tougher, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I, I um, and I know it's just, it's going to be um, amazing. I know uh, I have so many fans there and, and it's just a lot of, it's an amazing city. And what can I say? I have, I had success there, so I can only, um, I only can appreciate New York. And finally, what, what, what are we feeling? What are we visualizing? I mean, it's kind of hard to top the last performance. Like I said, one of the best knockouts of the year. But what are you thinking? What are we, what are we sensing? First round, what, what, what do we got? Always, my game plan is always punch them in the face, take their back, and choke them out. So that is, that is my game plan. You know, um, Obviously, it's going to be – I've been working on some new things. I've been – um, always adding new skills to my arsenal and just I'm really strong, really fast right now. So um, I can see it manifesting in, you know, a couple different ways. Um, but I I see that puncher in the face, take her back and choke her out. Can't wait. Always an honor to have you on, Rose. Thank you for the time. I know you don't do a lot of these uh, before the fight, so I really, really appreciate it. Good luck to you a couple weeks away, Madison Square Garden, and uh, cannot wait for the fight. So, again, thank you so much for the time and all the best. Yeah, thank you, Thug Nose. <laughs> Thug Nose, let's go. I'll send you a T-shirt, all right? Someone wants to make a T-shirt, Thug Nose, and I'll send it to you, okay, on the house. I'm trying to get the Ruka T-shirt of yours with the face. That's an incredible okay. show. But I've, I've gotten the stiff arm from them a couple times. I said, I'll pay for it. They're like, no, nah, we don't have it. Anyway, I'll send you a Thug Nose shirt, all right? Okay, I'll all be right. waiting. Thank cool. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. There she is. Rose Namajunas, the reigning defending UFC strawweight champion. Thug Nose meets Thug Rose. I don't know who came up with Thug Nose, to be honest. Um, but it's a damn catchy name. It's a damn catchy name. I need to call up my uh, my friends over at Breaking Tea. Who do we uh, who do we donate it to then? 
the uh, the proceeds? Who do we donate the proceeds to? Last time we went with uh, the P.F. Chang's charity. This time I have to find... You know, I should have asked her. I blew it. I should have asked her. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask her which charity she wants, and I will donate the proceeds of the Thug Nose shirt to her. How about that? To her charity. She probably doesn't need my, uh, my $5. And I'm just being, you know, just being bashful. It's more than $5 in terms of the proceeds, but, you know, uh, we're just trying to uh, make a good change in this world. So it's great to talk to her. What a great show today has been so far. Fyodor Malinenko, Jan Bohovic, Rose Namajunas, Matter of Seconds, my old friend, Mr. House Taste himself, Andre Arlovsky will be stopping by, coming off that big win on uh, on Saturday against Carlos Felipe, uh, I believe second in wins in the UFC. What is it? It's uh, Here it is. Former UFC heavyweight champion, interim UFC heavyweight champion back in the day, first Belarusian champion in UFC history, most wins in UFC heavyweight history, 20, most fights in UFC heavyweight history, 35, highest takedown defense success in UFC heavyweight history, 88.4%, absolute legend of the game, and uh, on a bit of a roll as of late, he's won his last two in a row, Carlos Felipe, part of that, it was Chase Sherman, has won his last four or five at 42 years young, turning 43 in February, Andre Arlovsky, still a force. How about it? My old friend Andre, who when I reached out to him about coming on this show, he gave me a little bit of crap. He's like, oh, now you want me, you want me to come on now, huh? He, I think he, he insinuated that uh, I've never had him on, and I don't think that's true. Of course, I've talked to him before. Who could forget July of 2008, Affliction? We had him on MMARated.com, and he uttered the famous House Taste My Pee Pee line. And uh, our lives, our collective lives, changed forever. And so, without further ado, let's talk to another legend of the game, former UFC heavyweight champ. The one and only, the Pitbull, my old friend, Andre Arlovsky. There he is, Andre. What's going on? Driving in the car? Where are you going? What's up? What's up? I'm going to park right now. I'm going. I don't want you to get in I'm trouble. Enough, well, so. I don't want you to get uh, uh, in an accident. I, I'm good. I have friends, so I'm good. Okay. What happened to the beard, Andre? You just had a beard two days ago. I saw it. Yeah. I, yes. Yes. I came back home. I shaved. Uh, yeah. It's I, it's all, all this what I'm doing after the fight. You always do it every time. You but grow it's gonna, the, and then it's, you, yeah, I, it's gonna take a couple of weeks, and I'm gonna have the same beer pretty much. Why do you do that? Why do you grow it out and then shave it? When are you in the camp? You know, it's like convenient for me. And uh, when I come back home, you know, I need to pay attention to my wife, to her wishes. It's one of her wishes to to be shaved. So that's it. Simple. She, 
She doesn't like yeah, you the beard. You know, right? Happy, happy, happy wife, happy life. Yes, 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 for sure. I've heard that before. Uh, but I like the beard. Personally, next time she tells you to shave it, say my friend Ariel likes the beard and I should keep it as a result, okay? Okay, because once he was right about uh, how there's my pee sign, so <laughs> he probably knows what he's talking about. Listen, I think that that moment was great for both of us in our careers. Would you agree with that, Andre? I think that moment changed our careers forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you were selling T-shirts and stuff. We, people still talk to me about that moment. You know that, right? Every time you fight, I throw it out there, and people remember about that. You know, they talk to oh, – there's a few fans. You know, we're getting older now, Andre, you and I, but there's still a few fans that remember it. <laughs> okay, okay. It's good, it's good. Hey, when I asked you to come on the show, Andre, you were like, oh, yeah, 20 years. You've been on this show before. I talk to you all the time, right? Well, bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I thought actually I, I was prepared to answer on your question, but you didn't ask me that question. Oh, it's nice to have to you here, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, you know what, about time, because like uh, on, on, on this particular show, I'm first time and no uh, way. you just interviewed me when 100%. You just interviewed me when you were at uh, some uh, UFC media day, whatever it is, and that's it. No more. But I on this you show, don't like it for some reason. On this show, on first this time? show, first time. Wow. First well, can time. I be honest? I uh, thought for the longest time you didn't like me. Come on, guy. Not me. My manager, if you remember, Leo <laughs> yes, Carlitz, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He gave you some shit about uh, oh that question, not me. So yes, 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 yes. Actually, uh, it's that's a fact. You were one of the nicest person to interview me is asking some questions and like uh, uh, you know that English my second language you uh, I tried to explain and you you all the time understood me in the right way so I really appreciate it for this. that's right yes where's Leo these days are you guys still close uh, close enough yeah he's in Chicago He's in Chicago. Okay, all right. Uh, yes, Leo tried to get me kicked out of that media day way back I'm, I'm in Florida. God bless Florida, yeah. You like Florida? You like living there? It's different climate than than uh, Belarus. I don't, I don't care. Zero percent state tax, great gun war, so God bless Florida. God bless Florida. Are you American citizen yet? Next question. Next. Okay, fine, fair. I'm about to become one myself. I'm about to become I'm not even American citizen myself. <laughs> I saw. So I I congratulate you on Instagram when you get the passport. Thank you. Just thank don't you. check my uh, my comments. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so Andre, uh, big win on Saturday over Carlos Felipe, uh, and I saw your uh, your Instagram post where you were talking about him. What you you thought that uh, he was a little too cocky? You thought that you had to teach him a lesson. What what was your feelings towards Carlos? He was super cocky, no doubt about, and uh, and um, I almost snap in the uh, end of the second round when he started. Oh, what's up, bitch? Let's fight, like blah blah blah. And I guess Mike Brown or or, or Paulina Hernandez heard this, and 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 in the rest between like second and third round, they told me, please be, be calm, don't do anything, just like stick his game plan. And uh, since God, I I listened to them, I stick with my game plan, I got victory. Wow, so he was talking trash to you in the middle of the fight. Yeah, yeah. Does that happen often? Paulina told me, right, uh, with me actually first time, and Paulina told me, be careful, he, he likes to talk, so, yeah. And and, and was there, a, maybe the old Andre would get emotional about this, but now you're wiser, you're older, of you're more Of course, I almost, I almost snap, I just <laughs> like, 
I remember I just like 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 you know I was tired and I get I guess uh, I, I, I get even tired because I'm thinking about what the fuck what I can do how I can um, uh, what I can do to him how I can answer to his uh, um, uh, not nice words so I decided you know what W more important than uh, than what if you know heavyweight division one punch and uh, fights over sure and, I know uh, for the fact from my own, from my own experience. Did you say anything to him after the fight? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know what I thought? Uh, um, uh, when I came back after medical check, uh, after interview, I came back to the hotel. I, I took a shower. I, I washed my beard with a, a special uh, uh, beard shampoo. And I still like feel, you know, like something of him, like it's still on, on my beard. That's why I decided to shave. So wow. And okay. uh, when when I came back home, I just did a clean shave, and uh, now I feel much better. Okay, Andre, how is this possible? I I remember Andre. I was in New Jersey, 2011. You're fighting Sergey Kharitanov, and you're 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 losing that fight, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's it. Andre's finished. Done." That was 10 years ago, Andre. More than 10 years ago, and now you're one four or five. You're beating these younger guys in the UFC, 42 years old. What has been the secret to your longevity? Benjamin Button. You can you can call me Benjamin <laughs> Button. Andre Benjamin Button, the pitbull Arlovsky. Ah, yeah. Listen. Uh, Now I just became smart, I guess. Like I have like fighting experience. I have some some I have some life experience, and uh, when I fought in affliction and in strike force, etc., 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 big paycheck. I thought it's going to be always like that, and I I guess I was a little bit cocky too in, at some point, or like didn't pay enough attention to uh, to uh, practice to like stick with my game plan for to discipline. Now I choose what's more important for me. For me, it's more important to rebuild my MMA career. I want to have another round for title. And I'm lucky person because I have great coaches. I have great wife because she... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me do what I love to do, and I love train hard for now, and I love fighting. So, and most important, I love to win. So, I'm in a good hands right now, and um, thanks God, everything like everything good. Uh, when you started your career, did you think that you would fight into your forties? Nope. But they have, but they have a great example, uh, George George Foreman. Yes. Became world champion at age forty six, so I have like uh, three and a half years. <laughs> uh, and you, if you're still gonna keep me, sure. You, how many fights left with UFC? I don't know. I still some have some fights, and uh, I'm grateful that I'm stick with UFC. You know, since today Dana White and UFC and me, because they keep me, that keep me busy, give, give me fights. Really excited. And uh, again, I'm really thankful for this. Right. For someone who has fought all over the world on the biggest stages, what's it like for you to fight at the apex in front of you know very few people, smaller? Kids? I love it. Why? I love it. I know it's I I know it's not uh, 
convenient maybe for UFC. It's not uh, definitely that's not cool for fans, but everything on time. Like every time when I fight in an Apex, it's like difference between uh, they telling you what time you're gonna fight. It might be 10, 10, 15 minutes. Everything on time. Everything like uh, like it's like 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 robotic. You know, like you came, you sada, workout, fight. Medical interview done. Love it. You love it. No stress. For me, it's really no stress at all. For me, it's really convenient and uh, great. Okay. Wow. I thought maybe you'd say you miss the fans, the atmosphere, the buzz, the crowd. Oh. No, Donald Stream Road. Of course, I love to fight and when, like, especially like uh, uh, audience cheering for you. This is great, no doubt about. But uh, for convenience, it's more important for me uh, to be like everything, like be on my way pretty much, you know, just I know like, because you know, you have to some, some preparation, you need to like warm up, you have to like this and that, uh, 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 tape your hands, be like, be, be, be ready. And when I'm fighting an Apex, so far everything great for me. Do you think if you never go to ATT, American Top Team, do you think you're still fighting? Ariel, I have no idea. Listen, uh, I guess it's my sounds uh, funny, but everything happened for a reason, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, better better later than never. And uh, don't send me wrong. I have I still have great relationship with uh, Greg Jackson, but I came here first of all. My 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 my. my, my... I got you. Hello. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Ah, okay. First of all, uh, my, 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 my oldest son uh, growing, I got another son. I, I, it's hard for me to be away from my, 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 my kids, my family. I put the sleep to sleep my uh, Pitbull Maximus. It was like a heartbroken moment for me. And uh, I came here. I just came in the same attitude, getting better, get my ass whooped all the time. I met Mike Brown, Steve Mocha, Paulina Hernandez. Thanks again to my uh, Cuban comrade, uh, George Masvidal. He introduced me to, to Paulina Hernandez. And just like they like my all, all the brothers, you know, I'm in good hands. I'm really happy. When did you put your people to sleep? It was two weeks before my fight against Ngannou in Colorado. And I should cancel that fight, everybody told me. But... I didn't want to do uh, to to cause any inconvenience, any problems, any like cancellation to UFC to Dana White. I took that fight. As a result, I got my ass whooped, and that's it. You you weren't there. It like it, it messed with your mind, right? <laughs> oh, I, I I cry like a baby. It's for me. It was like I said. He was like eleven years uh, with me, like every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it was like wow. Uh, have you ever? I believe it was when 2017, 2017, 2018. Uh, you're Francis. It's amazing how many fights you've had. Uh, yes, January of 2017 was that fight. Yeah, January, yeah, 2017. Yeah, uh, I put him down on January 12th, five days before the fight. Wow. He was sick. Like I did like treatment for him, and it was five days before the fight. Yeah. Did you ever consider getting a a new uh, a new pit bull? Fuck no, no. Not not for now, for sure. Uh, my kids wanted my oldest son, Andre, like asking me all the time. But for me, it's uh, no. Because I know I, I'm going to do all work. I'm going to work uh, work with my dog, uh, fit, like train, etc., etc., etc. And I don't want to have uh, another 
definitely it's great for for family for kids but uh, i don't want to be hurt again yeah just wait some people get a new one right away you don't want to experience the heartbreak again oh, no 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 i understand i was never a dog person myself and we recently got a dog and now i love the dog and i and i think about that sometimes and i'm afraid of what's going to happen how i'm going to feel because they're just such special special creatures you probably obviously not, not going to change anything it's, it's, it's life but uh maybe one day maybe but i don't know okay definitely not now by the way, recently I saw you uh, on AEW Wrestling with uh, Dan Lambert and the whole crew over there. Are you enjoying this? It was fun doing as many wrong. It was fun. Uh, first couple of visits to, to AEW, uh, people booed us. But when we beat uh, their stars, it was kind of fun. And uh, and the happy that Junior, I, I believe he signed. I don't know. It's one time deal or like some deal he signed. It was great. It was fun. Did you grow up a pro wrestling fan? Did you watch pro wrestling as a kid? Uh, I believe I saw few uh, few fights when it was uh, Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. back like when twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, and I saw too. I, I thought it was kind of what the fuck. But now, now it's definitely it's fun, and I was surprised how many people, people like all, all every show sold out. They like wear some masks, some like um, uh, uh, haircuts, some like t-shirts, some like like maquillage. It's like they support their fans a lot, their, their fighters a lot. Yeah. Would you like to compete like Junior? Would you like to do it as well? Would you like to have a match? Why you put me in a spot? I'm employee of UFC at, 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 at this moment. Well, you can I do would both. love to finish my American career and I'm not sure if we can do both. Well, they love you, you have over to, there. If you want to be <laughs> if you want to be good at something, you have to focus and give yourself 100%. Okay. I'm just saying, I mean, you're a legend. Uh, I feel like they would make an exception for you. And, and still alive. And still alive. Absolutely, yes. And still alive. Still thriving. So you want to retire in the UFC? Yes. Now, uh, listen. You see, good for me, good for me, and uh, I'm so grateful. So I just like, I, I, I love fighting. Don't send me wrong. I got some, uh, uh, some, uh, some uh, uh, um, uh, proposals, and I'm sure my my manager gonna do like uh, great work work if I need something. But I wanna, I wanna fight to continue fighting the UFC. What would you say, as of now? Maybe the best is yet to come. What would you say? was the, the the greatest accomplishment of your historic, legendary career. What are you most proud of? You're talking about UFC or in general? No, in general. What do you, like, when you say in your heart, the moments that you feel happiest about, most proud of, what of, comes to mind? Of, of course, when I was a champion, uh, I got some problems in the middle, my MMA career, but... Uh, I moved forward, and uh, maybe one day I'm gonna explain what what I mean, etc., etc., etc. But uh, listen, I'm great. I I I I feel like great that like I I'm I'm fighting as the best organization in the world, and uh, and uh, I was a like eyewitness, right? Eyewitness when it was UFC like back in 2000, and uh, and today 2021. So it's just like it's. Uh, Amazing transition from uh, where UFC were and where is the UFC right now. 
What do you mean when you say the hard times in the middle when you were uh, when you were champion? What are you referring to? No, I get some losses. I get some problems, uh, personal problems. And I mean, like, I like I find out uh, um, power, vision inside of me that listen, guy, you have to move forward. And uh, I like I beat everything what uh, bad what it was in, in the past and uh, move forward. And I'm happy right now. It's it's like, well, that's, that's, that's why that's that's why I, met, I, I told you before in the beginning of our interviews that uh, I have somehow um, a little bit. Uh, hello. Oh, oh, I lost you there for a second. You said uh, that's why you told me at the beginning of the interview, and then I lost you. I like I said, I have some uh, life experience, you know. Sure. I went uh, through some good stuff, bad stuff, and uh, maybe I'm gonna give you some uh, how it's called the teaser, and maybe in uh, in a few years you're gonna invite me again on your show, and uh, oh. I'm gonna tell you exactly what I, what I meant uh, today. Yes, I feel like you're not telling us the whole story here, Andre. You're giving us a little bit of a taste. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> what age do you want to go till? If I'm going to feel uh, at age 45, 46, what I'm feeling right now, I mean, like Nike, just do it. Just do it. I mentioned George, George Foreman. Uh, I mentioned George Foreman. He became world champion at age 46 when he beat Michael Moore. So, right. I, and, I, like I said, I have three, three and a half more years. And when do you want to return? When do you want to fight again? Just as soon as possible. This year? No, it's probably not. Uh, I would love to. Realistically, it's not going to happen because last show I already asked is going to be on uh, December 11. Yeah. I believe this year. So beginning next year, yeah. And who do we want? Who do you, who do we want to fight? Who do we need to fight? Who's next? No, I don't know. It's not. It's not. This is not for me. Question. Why I don't not? know. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would love to fight some somebody like uh, 10 top 10 top 15, but it's totally up to UFC. Maybe uh, Curtis Blades. He's he's top five, I believe. Right? Tough. Yeah. Why not? Let's go. Come on, Andre. Do you believe in yourself or not? What are you thinking, right? Let's go for the belt. No, it's not. I'm, I wanna I wanna fight for the title next fight. But listen, what I want and what you see him and uh, and uh, and Mick, so it's 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 not uh, up to me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, before it's oh. all said and done. Before it's all said and done, do you want to fight in? But you've never fought in Belarus, right? Oh, I'm sure that the UFC uh, in my MMA life not not going to happen in, in Belarus, never. No, but not UFC. Maybe you have an exhibition, something. Do you want to compete in your home country? No, no, no. I fought. I won, once I fought in uh, in Belarus back in 2012. You did against uh, Kariastakis. Against Kariastakis, yeah. Okay, but you like is it important for you to retire there when it's all said and done to have a final or you don't really care about that? I don't care. All right. I was trying to get all emotional with you here and have a moment, but uh, you don't care. Listen, you don't care, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, uh, a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. It's great to have you on the show again because I'm sure in the 11-year history of this program... First time. Uh, you've you've uh, been on before, and uh, if if you haven't been on before, that's strictly your fault because I was terrified of you as a youngster. <laughs> I was terrified. I thought you would okay, eat my head okay. off. Uh, but I love you, Andre, and uh, you are welcome here anytime. Okay, my friend. 
Thank you very much, Ariel. Thank you. God bless. All right. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, the Pitbull, Andre Arlovsky. What a legend this man is. Uh, coming off a win over Carlos Felipe, unanimous decision victory this past Saturday at the Apex in Las Vegas. Yes, July of 2008 is when I first met Andre Arlovsky. Prior to the first affliction event, he was uh, scheduled to fight Ben Rothwell, and he won that fight via KO. Remember, he was a member of the UFC up until UFC 82, uh, won his last three fights in the UFC, beat Marcio Cruz, Fabricio Verdum, Jake O'Brien. They actually put him on the undercard of UFC 82 because he was testing free agency, got a huge deal from Affliction. Affliction Band was their first event, July 19, 2008. Uh, got a huge deal to fight Ben Rothwell. Then, I mean, this feels like a lifetime ago. Um, then they had some issues. They had him and Roy Nelson fight on Elite XC Heat, which ended up being the last Elite XC event on October 4th of 2008. And then, of course, he fought Fyodor Emelianenko. What are the chances that we have Fyodor and Andre? I didn't plan that. On the same program, January of 2009, uh, that was the last Affliction event, Affliction Day of Reckoning. And that knockout loss was the first of four losses in a row for Andre. Uh, lost to Fyodor, lost to Brett Rogers via TKO in June of 2009. And these were vicious knockouts, and some of them quick. I mean, the Brett Rogers knockout, 22 seconds, Lost to Antonio Bigfoot Silva, decision. And then, of course, the Sergei Haritanov loss in February of 2011, the same card that uh, Fyodor fought Bigfoot Silva, the start of the um, Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And I, th I remember being, I was there, and I remember thinking, like, that's it for Andre. Four losses in a row. Three out of those four losses were knockout losses. The guy's done. <clears throat> left Strikeforce after that, and then proceeded to win a bunch. Fought Ray Lopez in Pro Elite, again for Pro Elite, Tim Sylvia in 1FC, World Series of Fight, and ended up uh, turning his career uh, around. Now, in the UFC, he also had a five-fight losing streak. But uh, they stuck with him, and here he is, a winner of four of his last five. I'll never forget that first Affliction event. I met Chael for the first time there. I met Josh Barnett for the first time. And I was just, I mean, I was brand new to the game. One of the first events that I ever covered in person. And some of them, like Chael, like Josh, knew who I was, and I was blown away. You know who I am. Chael Sonnen knows who I am. Josh Barnett knows who I am. Insanity. One thing I'll always remember about that Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix event in East Rutherford, uh, I met I met someone there. Uh, can I, I can I even say yeah, I think I could say it. I met uh Ian Parker there, who's now doing gambling stuff for uh ESPN. I met him there, and he was actually managing Chris Weidman, believe it or not, at the time. And he told me that Weidman was going to make his UFC debut in just a couple of weeks' time in uh, Louisville against Alessio Sakara. That was a big-time event. Uh, another thing that I remember about that event, Scott Coker was standing all the way back, like not by the cage. He was standing all the way back, uh, basically where the fighters come out, the back of the entrance, like where it starts. And uh, he was standing there wearing a trench coat 
I'll never forget, I was there with Casey, longtime videographer, still with MMA fighting, and he was just kind of watching the whole thing from afar. And I'll never forget the look. I, was, I asked him, why are you back here and not up front? Usually Coker is by the cage. And something seemed off about it. Like, why are you watching it from afar? And just kind of, it, it was almost like he was smelling the roses and he was admiring his work. Sold out crowd, capacity crowd, Meadowlands, East Rutherford, the start of the Grand Prix, very big deal. He always likes to talk about the fact that uh, he showed me the plans for the Grand Prix. It was in St. Louis in uh, late 2010. And he told me to keep it quiet. I kept it quiet because that's what I do when you tell me something off the record. It's off the record. I've never broken that rule. I will never break that rule. And that's why the narrative about UFC 199 pisses me off so much. In any event, he told me about that. I saw him at the event. He was watching from afar. He was just kind of smiling. And then I come to find out a month later that they've sold to Zufa. And then I come to find out that he knew that it was essentially a done deal. And he was a little, a little melancholy, a little happy, a little sad that it was coming to an end. I didn't know that at the time, but I'll never forget seeing him there in the trench coat, watching from afar, looking at what he built, probably very proud of what he built, but also very sad that it was uh, coming to an end. It wasn't his decision, as we know, to sell the company, but uh, it was something that uh, the, the, the owners of the uh, Strike Force organization wanted to, to do. They wanted out. Great memories. What a run it has been. Uh, what a... What a fun time it was to cover the sport back then. And we're still having fun. We're having a great time. So a little, uh, let me see here. I got a little message from my main man, Joe. I mean, can I, can I read this? Uh, can I listen to this? Okay, there's Valid. Uh, we were supposed to have 3 o'clock uh, Davidson Figueroa on. Now we're going to have him at 3.30. This is a, a voice note from the great Valid Ishmael, who I insisted has to join Davidson Figueroa. They're in Arizona right now training at Fight Ready with uh, Henry Cejudo and Captain Eric, my good friend, and uh, I think others, Eddie Cha. Brother, let's go push for 12.30. He's still training. He's still training. So we'll do it at 12.30. Pacific, that is. 3.30 Eastern time. And so that means we'll rejigger things later in the program on the nose. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. We'll answer some questions. We'll uh, talk narratives. We'll talk apologies. We'll talk about things. So stay tuned for that. Everyone uh, seems to be enjoying. How many questions we have so far? Let's see. 93. I think the record is 101. Uh, and so this apparently is a very popular segment. Um, so that we'll do that at four. We'll be joined by the former UFC flyweight champion, Davison Dostegera Figueredo at 3.30. In a matter of seconds, we'll be joined by GC, Georgia Connor, who's probably a little down today after his Atlanta Braves loss to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, big game today, game four. And without further ado, 
Here is the hottest gambler in the MMA business, the one and only Georgia Connor. Kind enough to join us. Hello, sir. Ooh, what do we got? There it is. There. Listen, I didn't want to break the fourth wall, but if I'm being honest, I'm still not over the fact that MMA bobblehead, my good friend Dave Manley, gifted me two Daniel Cormier ornaments. Two. Now, I'm not someone who celebrates Christmas. I love Christmas, but I don't have a Christmas tree, so what am I going to do with the ornament? And the first two people I saw on this particular day that I brought the uh, ornaments in were Frank and Alex. I'm about so that's the excuse. And I'm about to come in to the studio today, and what do I see? The two ornaments still here two weeks later on the shelf outside the studio. I mean, you're crazy if you don't think that I'm not offended by this. And so I took the ornaments back, and I have now gifted them to you and Joe in the back over there. I mean, look look what you have. You have the big, nice bobblehead sitting in front of yeah. you, and then you just pawn the ornaments off to us. Well, what am I? First of all, this is uh, this is signed. It says to Ariel XOXO, just <laughs> wow. for the record, from my wow. good friend Daniel Cormier, wow. uh, who I talked to on the way to the studio today. We uh, amazingly actually speak more now than we did before when we were doing the show. Uh, the point is, I was very hurt by this, but I hope that the ornaments have now found a better home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're acting all innocent in all this, but you chose uh, you chose well, though, Frank and Frank and Alex over me and Joe. Yeah, that is true. I felt bad, but there were only two, and uh, they were the first ones that I saw that day. You were the last one to join the squad, so it's kind of a uh, you know yeah. hierarchy. No, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, how are we feeling about the Bravos? <sighs> Not great, man. Not great. Not great. It felt like we were on you know the precipice of going to the World Series, and now like it it almost feels like we're dead. Really, you're still up two one. I mean, what if the Dodgers win tonight? Nah, nah, wow, it's okay, so you're one of those fans. I, I mean, how can I not be? If you know the history of, of sports in the state of Georgia, it's it's hard not to be. I don't cry for you guys. I mean, you, you won that one title, what was it, back in 1995? Claimed to be division winners in 94, which we all know is a sham. Uh, but you've certainly... Yeah, I mean, you've, you've had your struggles, the Bills. Of course, listen, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, the hardest luck. Are you referring to Monday night or are you referring just to no, in general? No, yeah. no, I mean, that's a regular season game. We're yeah. talking about losing four Super Bowls. Yep, yep, in a yep, row. yep, yep. I mean, I, I actually grew up uh, a bit of a Braves fan as well when they weren't in the same division and because we all got the TBS Superstation. Yeah, TBS, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. did. And so I felt for them. I was very happy when Marquise Grissom caught that final out against uh, the uh, the Indians back in, uh, what was it, 95, like I said? So, was it 95 or 96? I think it was 95. No. Yeah, it was 95. It was 95, and then the uh, the Yankees, I think, won in 96. In any event, no one came for our baseball talk. <laughs> uh, very busy weekend of MMA. What do you got for us? Yeah, very busy weekend. I got I got MMA. I mean, I got a UFC card. Don't have any Bellator picks yet. I got some lanes. I can give those out, but we don't really have any of, of the certified lines. What do you mean by lanes? Uh, yet. Or lines? Like we have, like DraftKings has no lines up yet okay. for for Bellator still. Like I think they got the Tim Johnson Fedor fight up. Why do you Why do you think that is? I don't know. Like what's taking know, so I mean, long? I mean, the I fight mean, is in three days. Yeah, like we get the UFC lines like ten days in advance of the card, so you got plenty of time to prep. I, I don't know. I mean, they they we have like a reference point of where we think the lines are going to be, but it's just not up at, at all the books yet. So like if you go to fight, Best Fight Odds, it's they have like a reference point of where the line might be, but uh, yeah, it's not it's not at any books yet. Okay, uh, so yeah, I got some lanes I can give that at the end of the UFC. I'll obviously I'll post that. You a can lot tweet of, it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people said they actually missed the uh, Bellator and they just took the losing UFC card. So I uh, 
Yeah, I feel pretty terrible about that, but uh, you well, know, they don't call you Bellator Burks, uh, you know, for no reason. So you know, they should listen to those picks of yours. But uh, all right, what do we have? Yeah, so we got UFC Fight Night, Costa Vittori. Uh, this is a tough card to bet. A yeah. lot of a lot of close fights, a lot of coin flip fights. Um, but yeah, we we still find a way. We we found a few singles. I got a parlay for you. Okay, what do we got? And yeah, so I we'll start like... with uh, we'll start with the early prelims. Uh, Lavinia Souza, mm-hmm. I'm going to take her over Randa Marcos at minus one twenty. Um, this is a little bit more of me fading Randa Marcos than it is me loving Souza. Uh, I, I still do think Souza is currently the better fighter in this one, but Marcos, man, she's lost four straight, five of her last six. I mean, since joining the UFC, she's six ten and one. She's she's a sub five hundred career fighter. I mean, if I had if I had to give her one thing, it's it's the level of competition that she's fought. I mean, she's going against the, the Mackenzie Derns, the Amanda Hebas, Nina Nunes. She's even beat Carla Esparza, Angela Hill. She's got good wins under her belt, but with this current losing streak, this is the last fight on her contract. I mean, this this honestly could be whoever loses this is out of the UFC. Honestly, with the with the way that they've been struggling, but uh, I th- I think Souza. I think she's got a game plan. She's got to use the aggression. She's got to try to take this to the ground. We've seen Marcos taken down. She's got taken down nine times in her last two fights. I mean, Sosa could even get a, a submission here. Eight of her 14 wins have come by sub. We've seen Marcos sub before. I mean, overall, it's an early fight on this card. It's, it's, not, it's not that great of a card. I think we've got a good main event, but... You know, a little appetizer to get the day going. It's going to be a sloppy fight. It's kind of a coin flip. But with the way that Marcos has been trending, the struggles that she's had, it's her last fight on her contract. I'm willing to fade her at almost even odds here. Okay. So we're, so we're going to go against random Marcos. I know you're typing. I know you have bigger things to do. No, no. I'm, I'm telling someone about, I mean, geez, man. I'm telling This guy. God, I mean, geez. I'm telling someone about what's going on with the picks. What I would like, what I would like, if I'm being honest, is I like, I like a visual. So I, I, I want like, random Marcos, like I want something like coming on. All right, so you want to go one by one. Well, I like to see. I, I want to see things. Yeah, I like to see. I want to, I want to digest it when you're saying it. All right, so that's what we're gonna do then from now on. I like that. They're mysterious Franks. Is that the most? Is that the biggest glimpse we're ever gonna get of them? We just got <laughs> mysterious Franks hand in the shot. Thing. I mean, it's just nice. I mean, you come from a visual medium like radio. Uh, it's nice. To, <laughs> it's nice to just see it. I want to, I want to see it. No, yeah, I actually feel that. I feel that. But right now, we only got the graphic with all the picks. We can't ruin the surprise as we go through. All right, it. And all right. Yeah, no, I know. You don't want to give it out right off the bat. Yeah, I got you. All right, so let's move on to fight two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Gregory Rodriguez at plus 110 over Junyon Park. The Iron Turtle. The yeah. Iron Turtle. What a great nickname. Uh, that's what I'm saying. This is a pretty good nickname card mm-hmm. for what we lack in fights. I think we kind of make up for it in nicknames. You know, Rodriguez is the RoboCop, uh, Worthy, the Death Star. Jai Herbert, the Black Country Banger. I mean, there there's some pretty good names out there. Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. Yep, legendary so, one. Yeah, I mean, good nickname card. So that might make up for some of the fights. But yeah, we're taking Rodriguez here. Another coin flip fight, but I feel good taking the underdog in this one. Like, we saw him get KO'd last year in the Contender Series by Jordan Williams. Really not a great look. But since then, moved to Florida, joined Sanford MMA, obviously one of the best gyms in the entire world, he gets a bounce back KO win over Al Matova in the LFA. Then he wins the LFA middleweight championship, gets a big upset first round knockout over Josh Fremd. He was like plus 200 in that one. Then turns around just two weeks later, makes his UFC debut, dominant performance over Dusko Todorovic. Tough names on this one. Killed it. Slight dog in that one, though, as well. Um, 
gets a gets a dominant win. He's he's looked impressive. I think he's made serious improvements over the last year. Obviously, the Iron Turtle. He's no slouch himself. Three fight win streak. Great chin. Hard to knock down. Never been knocked out. Uh, good grappling from him. But with the improvements I've seen Rodriguez make, uh, he's got the five inch height advantage, three inch reach advantage. I'll take him as a slight dog here uh, to get the win. All right. We'll keep it rolling. Final play for the uh, for the singles. It's the main event. I'm going to take Marvin Vittori Ooh. at minus one thirty over Paulo Costa. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually been steamed. He started out. I think he opened Costa opened at minus one fifty. He's now been steamed to being an underdog. I actually think this is a really good main event. I know. I know you're not as uh, no. I mean, it's it's a fine main event. Um, it's an important one. I mean, two guys. I, I honestly feel like there's more pressure on Paulo Costa for this one, considering the last time we saw him was September of last year when he lost to Izzy and had some questionable things to say afterwards, but it's a fine main event. I was saying more about the actual card itself a little thin, but the main event is top-notch. The main event is definitely top-notch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're we're getting through the mud. We man. are getting through the mud. Next two weeks. Next two weeks are going to be fantastic. I mean, we're going to have PFL on a Wednesday, then we get back-to-back numbered, you know, pay-per-view cards. Yep. It's, it's as good as it gets. So I think this, I really do think this main event is going to be great. It's it's like a stylistic, you know, dream for, for a matchup here. I think it's just going to be a really good Good fight. Both guys coming off a loss to Israel Israel Adesanya. Mm -hmm. Adesanya. There it is. Adesanya. I I literally had it in my notes. You did? Ariel will correct me and say (laughs) Adesanya. Adesanya. Yeah, I I had a feeling that one was coming. I I didn't want to steal your style, though, there. But, uh, you know, Costa's gotten to the title fight against Adesanya. Big knockouts, big, exciting fights. He obviously was undefeated going into that one. But honestly, if you look a little bit closer at the fights to get to the point that he got to, I mean, all these guys are big names, but Yoel Romero, he's 42 at the time. He's lost two or three entering the fight. Johnny Hendricks lost four or five entering the fight. Gareth McLennan lost three of four. You know, Uriah Hall, that was a nice win, but even he had lost three of four going into the fight. So none of the guys that he's beating were really on on hot streaks. And that's not to say that Marvin Vittori is some absolute world beater, but it just is an interesting note when you look at Costa's record in the UFC. Uh, but to the actual fight, obviously Costa's going to bring the volume. He's going to bring the pressure. He obviously brings that KO power that you have to respect in this one. But Vittori has never been KO'd. He's, he's never even been finished. He's got the chin, man. He's got the steel chin, the big blockhead. He just he, he absorbs the punches out there, and he keeps the pressure coming on you as well. I think he's going to be able to eat that early onslaught. He's got to get through that first 10 to 12 minutes in this one, make sure that you know he survives the volume. I think Costa will begin to tire as it goes on. And I think the longer that this fight goes, the more advantageous it is for Marvin Vittori. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've never seen Costa. I mean, he's only gone to the third round twice in his entire career. What's it going to look like in rounds four and five if it goes that deep? Because mm-hmm. Marvin, on the other hand, Marvin we've seen go all 25 minutes. His last three fights have all gone 25 minutes. He's been there. His cardio has been tested and proven multiple times. So I think that's a huge advantage for him. He also has a major wrestling advantage. So when this fight does get you know, late into it. It may, it may be hard to take Costa down when he's fresh and he's he's bringing a ton of pressure on you. You know, it's the very beginning of the fight, but, you know, say we're 20 minutes into this thing, I think Vittoria will be able to take him to the ground. He'll be able to get that control. He's also proven that he can get submissions. You know, there could be a late fourth, fifth round submission. Even if it doesn't come to that, I think he's going to be able to control the last three rounds, the last second half of this fight. And if he has to work it out, I think he'll be able to get a decision win. So I'm going to back Marvin Vittori in this one. I, I agree with everything you just said. Longer it goes, probably favors Marvin. Marvin, you know, at times can be, uh, I don't know, a bit of a, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? He's, uh, you know, he's 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 a tough fighter to read at times because mentally it seems like sometimes he gets a little too emotional. I thought he was too emotional going into the Izzy fight. Of course, you're fighting Israel. Adesonia, who's the best middleweight on the planet right now, and so you really have to be on top of your game. But it seems as though he has found this niche where he's going to be able to hang with these other top contenders, beat a lot of these other top contenders. The jury, in my opinion, is still out on Paulo Costa because of A, the layoff, B, how does he respond from that very one-sided loss? I mean, it was embarrassing the way he lost to Izzy, and so that's why it feels to me like Marvin got his shot at Izzy, he got his second shot at Izzy, there's a lot of pressure, and he had a nice little run leading up to the rematch. A lot of pressure on Paulo to remind people and to convince people that he is still a top contender at 185. Yeah, I mean, your friend, you know, DC. Yes. He said it that, you know, you pretty much have to win this fight to stay relevant in the middleweight division. There's a, there's a ton of pressure on both of these guys. And, you know, it's it's not a bad thing to lose to Izzy. I mean, he like you said, he's the best middleweight yeah. in the world. But... Vittoria's gone eight rounds with Izzy. Costa barely even made it into the second round in that fight. You know, obviously, we're not going to do MMA math on losses. We, we, we keep with the wins on, on those. But, uh, yeah, I think it is telling. And I, I think that the, the lead-up to the Izzy fight, the opponents that he faced, and, and the, you know, the current juncture that they were all at in those fights, I, I think it is a little bit telling. So we'll take Marvin. We got him at minus 130. It, it's continuing to move. And, you know, by the time it closes, it could be as big as minus 160, minus 170. All right. All right, so those are the single plays. We got a parlay, three-leg parlay. Not a ton on this card. Like I said, it's, it's a little bit of a tougher card to bet with how many coin fit fights there are. So we'll kick off the parlay. With a prop, I'm going to take Herbert, worthy, fight does not go the distance at minus 230. Okay. I mean, I just think this fight's going to be a banger, and I just don't see how it goes to a decision. I mean, how does Jai Herbert win? By knockout. Eight of his ten wins are coming by knockout. How does Kama Worthy lose? By knockout. Seven of his eight losses come by knockout. On the flip side, how does Kama Worthy win? By finish. Twelve of his 16 wins coming by finish. How does Jai Herbert lose? By finish. He's been finished in all three of his losses. 32 of their 37 pro fights have not gone the distance at 86% for those doing the math at home. And, I mean, why would this one go the distance? It's going to stay standing. Neither of these guys have ever even attempted a takedown in the UFC. They're just going to stand and bang. They're going to throw big blows, and I think eventually someone's going to get knocked out. So I just don't see it going the 15 minutes. By the way, uh, did you – okay, well, they actually just posted a couple updates on two fights oh, that have been removed. No. But uh, let's see if you <laughs> let's see if you mention the fights, and then I'll let you know if it's <laughs> – there's nothing worse. Live in second. Is this gotta, UFC Vegas 41? Yeah, that's the proper okay. name for it. Uh, yeah, it's not the proper I know, name. I know you don't, well, you don't appreciate what the UFC is no, doing. I, I, I don't understand it. Listen, uh, it's not the 41th event to happen in Las Vegas. Uh, it just isn't. Uh, in any event, go ahead. All right, we'll move into uh, number two. Sangwoo Choi, minus 280 over Alex Caceres. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're <laughs> good. I like Sang. Um you know, I think this is actually going to be one of the one of the more underrated fights on this card. I think it's going to be a good one. Caceres, he's on a four-fight win streak. Um, but a little bit reminiscent of Costa earlier. The four-fight win streak is not against world beaters. It's, it really hasn't been that incredible. But, I mean, regardless, unique style, the ability he has to fight off the back foot, having almost a decade of experience in the UFC. I mean, he's, he's always dangerous. However, with that style, that flashy, that fan-friendly style, he's going for the stylish knockouts and everything. You know, he, he can't get reckless. He constantly keeps the, the hands down low, and it's it's something that we saw a little bit of a similarity in in Choi's last fight against Julian Arosa. He had the hands low. He was going for kicks a little bit recklessly, and Choi made him pay for it with a first-round knockout. 
I mean, honestly, I'm 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 pretty high on Choi. You know, the boxing ability, Muay Thai world championships. He got a bronze medal there. Um, top fighting champion. Uh, you know, I th- I think he got thrown into the fire a little bit quickly when he when he came into the UFC. A uh, short notice fight against uh, Mosar of Love. That's that's just you know that's tough to deal with. And then Gavin Tucker right off rip. But I think he's been uh, he's been really impressive during this win streak, and and I think he keeps it rolling here. Okay. That's leg two. Leg three, we'll finish it off. Grant Dawson. Mm. Who's he fighting? Ricky Glenn. No, you're good. Wow. Yeah. All right, so what are the updates? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, with uh, the you, guard, you, I actually want to know. You want to know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Here are the updates. Uh, according to the UFC, due to injury, they wrote that Alain Patrick has been removed from his lightweight bout with Mason Jones. Replacing Patrick will be undefeated UFC newcomer David Onama. Oh, yeah, this is, this is old news. Oh, man. they just put it out. Oh, yeah, we knew this Yeah, yesterday. I know. I actually reported the Onama signing. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, I didn't. We okay. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't realize he had the fight. I knew he was signed. I didn't realize he's actually fighting. Uh, by the way, shout out to the uh, Team Iridium uh, squad. They, uh, they just signed their 100th fighter to the UFC. That is David Onama. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, Jason House is the uh, the head manager over there. Aaron Phillips this is probably old news too. Aaron Phillips is out of the bantamweight fight with Jonathan Martinez. Replacing Phillips will be undefeated newcomer Zviad Lazishvili. Yeah, I think that's I, I I didn't know that. All one. right, there you go. See, but yeah, if, shout out to uh, the Mason Jones fight. Could get dangerous, now, man. That is. Oh, that was pretty good. But yeah, we finished we finished the parlay off with uh, with Grant Dawson minus three twenty five over Ricky Ricky Glenn. This one's already getting steamed as well. What do you mean, I mean by steam, by the way? Okay, so that's like when like money is coming in on one side is and Vegas is adjusting the line for it. Oh. So like sometimes people will like put like ninety five percent of money on someone in vegas just won't touch it it's like you know that's when you get in really deep into betting that's where it can get kind of dangerous because vegas is just essentially daring you to take it but when a lot of money is coming in on someone in vegas is adjusting the line for it so like dawson i believe he opened at minus 280 and i've seen him as low as minus 360 in some places but dawson he hasn't lost in five years he's off to a 6-0 start in the ufc he did have to get that buzzer beater ko over leonardo sandos May have not may have not gotten the decision there, but uh, I just think he's been impressive. We we saw Glenn come come back off that three year hiatus, got the thirty seven uh, second knockout over Joaquin Silva. But I mean, Glenn, if if he doesn't get knocked out in those in those first few seconds, it's inevitable that he takes this thing to the ground. I mean, that's just what he's going to do. He's even if even if Glenn can stuff a couple takedowns, Dawson will get this to the ground. He'll bring in the ground and pound. He might go for the choke, the rear naked, or the triangle. It's it's just he's going to dominate on the ground, and even if he can't finish Glenn, I think the control that he'll have will get him the decision. I, I think Dawson will be able to cruise here. So KO, submission, decision, whatever it is, I will take Dawson to uh, to finish out the parlay, which those three legs, like you just saw, it'll pay plus 155. All right. Um, by the way, a little – oh, wait. I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Did you want to – you have nothing on Bellator, right? I mean, if, if we're talking like a couple leans here, like you mentioned Minikov's fighting. Yeah. I like him in that situation. Usman, the Mergamedov, you got to take him by something, finish. Not something. even on best he's, fight, huh? Nothing? I mean, he's up as like a reference point and he's minus 2,500. Like, uh, just, wow, it's really? Not even worth it. Yeah. Like, Jeez, it's just Louise. like, I mean, I mean, the matchmaking for that. I mean, all these Russians, it, it appears that they kind of have favorable matchups. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one single bet that I might make is is actually Tim Johnson. I might go against our boy. Wow. Well, I'm seeing right now on some, not on uh, DraftKings. I'm seeing elsewhere minus one sixteen for 
Timmy Johnson and minus 106 for Fyodor. Yeah. Now, when they're both minus, what does that mean? That means it's basically a coin yeah, flip fight. You're gonna you're gonna get really short change coming back. Yeah, we're still not a uh, still not a, anything up. I'm up here on uh, best fight odds. Yeah. You know, uh, we have yet to uh, venture into the Bellator UFC parlay. I did one last week and it didn't hit because UFC got squashed. Which one? I did just like the UFC parlay with the Bellator. Parlay. Oh no, like I'm, like a, like a parlay of like three four fights and it's two UFC two Bellator. Yeah. I, I will probably be doing that this weekend. I mean, honestly, since I only have three single parlays, mm-hmm. I mean, three single plays, I will probably parlay the singles, which pays out plus 564. I'm talking, like, tiny amount, like 0.2 units. And then, like, I might parlay the singles parlay with the UFC parlay. Right. That one goes real long at, like, 1,600. We'll call that the air fryer parlay. That'll be the— That's right. That's I'm trying right. to get real lucky there and, and, and buy an air fryer with that. I'm talking like 0.1 units. I wonder if you'll do a little KSW, a little glory kickboxing. <sighs> they got the lines up on KSW. Do they really? Man. Oh, my god. I mean, I can't find the ones on Ryzen. We're getting into the, into the big Degenza little stuff. A little uh, Rico Verhoeven, a little glory kick— a Gokan Saki, friend of the program. I mean, it would be I nice. Mean, we, got, we got LFA odds up. Well, yes. I mean, as deep as we want to go, I got a couple people asking me for contender series picks. I really? saw some people get burned with uh, the final fight, big underdog one. I, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but yes. Have you ventured into that. that territory? I, I watched it. I, I haven't yeah. bet on it yet. It's uh, Well, that makes one of tricky. us. Watching it? I mean, you haven't watched it yet? I mean, it's just like... This guy here really is just a cat. No, I mean, it's just like, you know, I feel uncomfortable seeing people like essentially begging, you know, for... It is kind of weird, it right? Weird. I mean, right when they finish, they go to the it's they weird. go to the side of the cage. It, it, it feels very it feels very uh, gladiator like, thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, <laughs> like please give me this opportunity. I mean, the concept is great. I think it's better than the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I'm happy that they're getting paid more than they would on the regional scene. But the way the setup is, where you're literally watching men and or women have their hopes realized their dreams realized or their hopes and dreams dashed on television or on streaming platform whatever it's a little uncomfortable i i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean it can be pretty cold for sure very cold especially when you have ones who you think deserve it and they don't get it and they're devastated and there are some great moments i saw last week jake hate league one and he was all emotional like it's nice but i don't know part of me feels yeah, I mean, like I, I think that's part of the you the like allure that? of the show i mean it's like a, a reality little, tv show yeah almost. but it feels a little bit harsh yes yeah, but I mean, I guess that's just what the game is. Yeah. I mean, it is. people like it. People no. tune in. So yeah, we'll we'll I'll give out Bellator on the uh, on Twitter. I I think we actually got a lot of opportunities. These these Russians have pretty favorable matchups over there. In Except Moscow. for Fyodor. I know Fyodor given been given the toughest test. Yeah, how about that? Respect and that's him. probably not going to go to a decision. I see I see some people being like, oh, watch out for the Russian judges, but. No, I mean, I, I, it's like minus four fifty. No, to it is a three rounder, not a five rounder yet right. in Bellator. And but I mean, if you look at Fyodor, I mean, like every fight for like the last like four years is finished in the first. Absolutely. round. Absolutely, uh, and they actually just announced. I saw it here. Did I lose it? They just. Oh yes, they just announced a big title fight coming up on December third. Bellator, Bellator two seventy two, uh, Sergio Pettis defending his Bellator bantamweight title, the younger brother of one Anthony Pettis against Kyoji Horiguchi, who's the Ryzen bantamweight champion. So that's oh. a big-time fight at the Mohegan Sun. Did you ever go to the Mohegan Sun? I have been yeah, to the bet. Mohegan Sun a couple of times. Connecticut's you finest. Yes, Uncasville, Connecticut. So yeah, that is a very exciting uh, fight. All right, any other picks? Uh, no, that's, that's, it. that's it. I'll post everything on Twitter. Uh, when are we going to transition to GC on Twitter? 
Wow, man. You, you want me to change the, the profile, profile picture? picture? You want the name, dude? It's... I just I want to know if you're all in or you're half in, all out. You I'm know. gonna make I'm gonna take the next step in all in. I'm gonna start making actual like the actual IG post, not just that's a, story. a big I like that. I like really that. putting it out there, letting the people know. I like that. I like that. Because I, I want to know is this a pit stop on route? You know, oh, this like, is no pit stop. If ESPN radio comes calling, are we back there? Are we back doing, you know, listen, I'm not I'm game not game night? Give, I'm not <laughs> You're giving me PTSD over here with the game night. Um all, all right. right. Well, great hey, wait, stuff. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Just before I go here, you mentioned a fight getting announced. You've seen these I don't want to report anything incorrectly. You've seen these rumors about Fury and uh and Paul on December eighteenth? Oh, Tommy. Um is that out there? They're saying it's like pretty pretty close to official, but it's the Sun reporting it. Yeah, I mean, I know that that's the direction they're going in. I know that's the time frame they're going in. Um, here you are putting me on the spot. Uh, I base, you know, feels great, doesn't it? Well, no, I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, I will just say, if you're wondering what the stumbling block is, or at least what the barrier is to either announce or not announce this fight, you know, there might be negotiations happening with, uh, you know, a very talented broadcaster who was a part of the first event. And, uh, you know, they want to announce it all as one package. So I'm just telling you old news. We've yet to come to terms. And so I apologize if uh, the news isn't out there yet. But listen, you know, you got to know. The whole MMA Hour crew gets on the PJ2. We get the tickets. It would be nice. Well, you know, uh, McAfee does it. He brings the whole crew down to SmackDown with him. That's the dream. It's right around Christmas time. It'll make up for these these it, yeah. cheap ornaments, man. It's all. <laughs> how dare you? MMA bobblehead is true. I'm just kidding. This will well. be hanging on my tree. I can't I wait. Shout out to MMA bobblehead. Where's, Shout out to MMA. Where's the DC menorah? Uh, that would be a nice thing to have. We've got a lot of DC props here, but no menorah. I know you, you pushed them on us because you don't celebrate Christmas, yeah. and you push it on Frank, who I'm just confused. Wait, he doesn't tell Frank. You're Jewish. He's a star of David tattoo. I had no idea. Listen. Uh, you know what? That was very presumptuous on my part. Are you Jewish, Frank? What is this? Where did you grow up? What religion are you? Come on. What? Is that too You're much? You're finding it's, a lot out about It's not uh, so mysterious. It is not so mysterious. You're right. I am sorry. I don't want to paint a narrative of you, Frank, that you are not comfortable with. So I will leave it at that. What thank you very much. Here? Absolutely. What, uh, thank you very much to uh, GC. Uh, an update on Kevin Lee. I was talking about Kevin Lee earlier before we, ne- we get to our next guest. Uh, he posted on his Instagram, I have tested over the limit allowed by the Nevada State Athletic Commission in my most recent fight. In 2018, I was diagnosed with adult ADHD. It has always affected me. I did not discover real treatment for the diagnosis until 2020 when I was recovering from my double knee surgeries. I was prescribed Adderall from a doctor to improve my mental health. I told representatives from USADA, but then I applied, did not apply for a therapeutic use exemption from the Nevada State Athletic Commission before my last fight. For that, I truly apologize to the UFC, the commission, my opponent, Dana White, the matchmakers, Sean Shelby, and McMaynard, and the fans. It was never my intention to gain an athletic advantage. It was an attempt to conquer the severe anxiety I silently suffer from daily. I am actively cooperating with the Nevada State Athletic Commission and expect to reach an agreement on a sanction. I will use this time to heal and come back stronger. Sorry for my lack of professionalism that led to this disappointment. I'll be back. Wow. Listen, I don't think anyone would argue that Adderall is a performance-enhancing drug. Rules are rules, but that's a very mature and professional response from Kevin Lee. And so much props to him.
the word is just about six or so months, so it won't really affect them all that much. Um, but hey, way to get ahead of it, way to own up to it. Way to be a pro. A couple things came over the uh, the radar here. Apparently, uh, thank you to uh, Stephen Morocco for letting me know about this. Apparently, during Marvin Vittori's media availability earlier today, he said that he heard that Paulo Costa has some problems with weight and says he'll fight him at any weight and that maybe there are some... Uh, some talks of a 205-pound fight. Uh, lucky for us, his manager is Valid Ishmael, so maybe we can get an update on that. And, of course, I'm not talking about Bohashinia Depot, the Twitter legend. I'm talking about Bohashinia MMA, Paolo Bohashinia Costa, who is returning to action for the first time since September of last year against Izzy in Abu Dhabi. He's returning to action on Saturday to fight Marvin Vittori. Curious to see how that face-off goes. In a matter of seconds, hopefully, we'll be joined by the aforementioned Valid Ishmael and Davison Figueredo, the former UFC flyweight champion. Unfortunately for him, uh, it did not go his way back in June when he fought Brandon Moreno for a second time. He was my male fighter of the year for 2020. Uh, was involved in what I thought was the second best fight of last year, the December bout against Brandon Moreno that ended in a draw. Uh, had the uh, the big wins over Joseph Benavidez, Alex Perez, and then, of course, the Moreno fight. Then he returned to action in June, and that was in Glendale, Arizona, lost the bout and lost the belt. And we thought maybe they would go in the direction of Brandon Moreno versus uh, Alejandre, Alejandre Pantoja or Askar Askarov. In the end, they didn't go in that direction. They went with the trilogy. And then we thought that the trilogy would happen on December 11th. But then they moved it to January 22nd in Anaheim, California. Uh, I think if they didn't get Jorge Masvidal versus Leon Edwards done... They would have kept it on December 11th, as you know by now, and I feel like we here on this program are promoting that fight better than anyone out there, I'm not trying to give myself the old Barry Horowitz, it's on the house. We're doing a great job, as we always do, promoting these fighters, promoting these fights, and so now the fight is happening January 22nd, and let's ask the former UFC light heavy, it's the light heavy, flyweight champion, I was thinking of Jan Bukovic. Uh let us ask the former UFC flyweight champion, Davison Dosh Deguera Figueredo about this change and a whole lot more. There they are, my good friends, Davison and Valid. How are you? Bom dia, bom dia. How you doing, my brother? Davison, talk to Ariel Hawani. Let's go. Good morning, my brother. Good afternoon now. Good afternoon. I say bom dia because it's in Portuguese, bom dia. It's in English, good morning, but it's a boa tarde. Boa tarde. Sorry, sorry. Boa tarde. So good to see you guys. Thank you for the time. Uh, can I ask you first, Davison? We had heard December 11th for this uh, fight, and then it became January 22nd. Why did they change the date? Eles ouviram é, 11 de dezembro e depois mudou para 22 de janeiro. Por que, que mudaram essa luta? Cara, o motivo... 
motivo eu não, não fiquei sabendo da, da, da mudança, né? Mas o tempo foi muito bom. Eu acho que eu vou aprimorar mais o que está faltando no meu jogo. Eu vou me beneficiar desse, dessa, desse time, desse prolongamento. E vou chegar melhor, mais sem, vou chegar 200 por hora lá para uhum. quebrar esse, esse moreno safado. <risos> Você retornou ai, mas you know, everything you have said need him to do it, he's gonna do it. You know what I mean? Need him for January, he's gonna be ready, but he's gonna even train more. This is what he said. You know, I'm gonna improve a lot. This one month, he's gonna be in fight ready. He in Phoenix, in Cascal, in Arizona. You know what I mean? With Serrudo, with Erica Bonacin, Dave, he like is the mentor of the place. You know, He's gonna have more time to prepare, but he gonna he gonna be ready if it was December 11, but now it's January 22. Even better. Okay. Um, was or were you surprised, Davison, or or worried that you wouldn't get the trilogy? the fight against Brandon Moreno, because there was some talk after the fight in June that maybe they would have Moreno fight Alexandre Pantoja, Askar Askarov. Were you worried that you wouldn't get the immediate fight against him? I had a fear of not having this fight, that he would fight with Pantoja, then he would fight with another person. But you were curious that he didn't have this fight? No, man, I was very tranquil. Ah, se acontecesse a luta dele com o Pantoja, seria bom para mim também. Eu daria a revanche ao Pantoja e lutaria pelo cinturão mesmo assim. E que bom que a luta é comigo agora, porque eu vou vencer essa luta e vou dar o desafio ao Pantoja que ele está pedindo para lutar pelo cinturão e a gente vai lutar. Eu vou mostrar ele mais uma vez que eu sou o dono do cinturão. You no, know, it's not a big deal. Like he really think he gonna fight. But if it was Pantoja, it's fine, because he beat Pantoja already. And if Pantoja beat Moreno, on the time beat Moreno, he beat Pantoja again to get his belt. Because he said, it's my belt. You know what I mean? But now he's against Brandon Moreno. He, say, he just said, they're going to take off the Brandon Moreno head. This is his position, you know what I mean? For him, it doesn't matter. He want to fight. You know what I mean? Uh, the UFC was amazing putting him to fight for the trilogy. Trilogy. How say are we trilogy. All, I like trilogy? The way you, I like the way you say it, but yes, trilogy. Trilogy. You know what I mean? Trilogy. 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 <laughs> I speak English better than me. He speaking is better than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's amazing, man. Like, everything is great. Like, everything the right time. You know what I mean? Ariel, if you do good things for UFC, UFC do it good things for you. Amen. Yes, I know that very well. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. What went wrong in June against Brandon in the rematch? In your opinion, why did you lose that fight? Na tua opinião, o que que teve errado na luta de junho contra o Brandon Moreno? O que que estava errado? Cara, sinceramente, tudo. É, agora eu... Eu encontrei a família que eu tanto precisava, né? Hoje eu tô aqui com o Serrudo. É, cara, super bem recebido. 
é, tenho certeza que eu vou chegar outro cara nessa luta. E simplesmente eu tive que sair da minha cidade, tive que sair do meu país, porque é, na, em minha cidade eu, eu, eu construí uma empresa e onde um atleta com empresário ainda não é esse momento que eu quero para mim. Eu ainda sou atleta, eu quero viver vida de atleta e eu me encontrei aqui em Phoenix, Arizona e agora pode ter certeza que eu vou voar novamente, vou conquistar o meu cinturão. You know, everything was wrong because on the time I fought Moreno for the second time, I was a businessman. I opened the gym, I built the gym, I arrived in the gym, I'm gonna write checks. I work in the gym and train. Now I'm focused. I'm with Cerrudo, Eric, Dave, all the team from Fight Ready, and I'm 100% fire again. I don't think about business, I don't think about nothing. I just focus to be a fighter. You know what I mean? This is the main thing, I think. For sure, I have a great coach here in Fight Ready, but he not to look for the gym, not to build the gym, you know what I mean? Not to be a businessman. And I told, I will follow what I said, and I told him before, what I said, this is not the time to buy a gym. Gym is just a headache for who is a retired. If you are champion, you're gonna buy the gym, you're crazy. Oh, but I wanna do, I wanna do. Okay, you're gonna be fuck. But you wanna be fuck, go ahead. Does he regret like that? I told him like that. Does he regret buying the gym? Mas tá arrependido de ter comprado a academia? Não, cara. Arrependido eu não tô porque eu simplesmente eu passei, deixei pessoas de ótimo, de ótimo caráter, pessoas responsáveis para cuidar dela enquanto eu tiver esse longo período fora. Mas quando eu voltar para minha cidade, eu vou estar à frente viver essa vida que eu tanto sonho para mim, que é ser um grande empresário. É até mesmo quando eu falo com o de seguir a carreira dele de manager. You know, I not regret. Because, you know, I put now somebody to run the gym, somebody I can trust, a great people to run the gym. Uh, You know, the gym is there. When I retire, because it's gonna take a long time to retire, I'm gonna come back to, to be a businessman and to be a manager like me. You wanna follow my steps? And they say, okay, this is great. You know what I mean? But now he's 100% focused and be the champion again mm. and be MMA fighter. MMA fighter cannot be a businessman. There's no doubt about it. By the way, where is the gym? In his hometown? Yeah, the gym is his hometown. Man, he bought a gym with everything, every equipment, crossfit, like crazy, crazy. But he want to do it, you know, you know, it's a stumble. You know what I mean? But, what I, so, but I told him, I swear. I told, don't do that. Oh, it's my dream, it's my dream. He, he paid a, a, a heavily price, yeah. but now he focuses again. This is the most important, you know what I mean? The most important, he focuses he focus to be the champion again. 
So Davison, uh, before the fight in June, you were one of the uh, the last people to weigh in, if not the last person, and it seemed like maybe the weight cut was tough. How difficult was the weight cut, and did the weight cut affect your performance? Como foi difícil a tua, a tua perda de peso na última na na última luta e quanto isso te afetou? Cara, foi bem difícil. Eu cheguei eu cheguei achando que estava bem de peso, sabe? Mas eu vi que na hora ali meu peso estava simplesmente travado. E foi bem complicado, cara. Isso abalou quase 100% da luta. Eu já entrei ali totalmente quebrado, cara. Psicológico quebrado, entendeu? Eu por vezes na perda de peso falei a meus coaches que eu ia simplesmente chateado, entendeu? Com tudo que estava acontecendo. Mas enfim... Eu bati o peso, eu lutei, entendeu? Fiz o que eu amo, é, perdi o cinturão, foi a vontade de Deus. E vim aqui para fora treinar, focar, ficar focado só nessa luta, que eu vou, vou resgatar o meu cinturão, vou mostrar que simplesmente eu não estava bem nessa segunda luta. You know, he was really bad. He has to, was almost he not get the way, almost. Even he tell he could say I'm not gonna do the weight, like he like he run he he, he you know was some mistakes before, and he not was focused. You know I mean this was his main problem, and many times he to his coach I'm not gonna get the weight, but he push push, but this effect affected him a lot. But not was this you know what I mean was because he not trained the right way. If you not to train the right way, everything is come bad. Come to the bed in the end, you know what I mean? If he train with focus like he do right now, with the food merger, the, the war, like everything focus on him, and the most important, him focus. You know, we talked this last week, say, hey, you see how amazing your life here? Because Dave from five to eight, you 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 ever heard about Dave? Uh, I don't from know. Fight Twenty, the guy is the owner of Fight Twenty. I've not. I, I I've never met him. I've heard of him, but I've never met him. Yeah, the guy is like amazing. Give to him everything he needs to be the champion. You know what I mean? And we talk about that when you have everything you need to be the champion and focus. Because if you have everything to be the champion, you're not focused, nothing matters. Hmm. But he have everything right now on the focus. Eu falei para ele, tu tem tudo agora que o Dave tá dando para você, ainda tá focado. Porque também se ele tivesse tudo, tu não tivesse focado, nada adiantava. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? And now, you know, his food, right now, three months for the fight, is major. You know what I mean? He counted the calories he lost every day. No, man, it's amazing. It's like the work is doing in fight ready with Dave, Eric, Serrudo, all the team, because they have all the coaches, have a box coat, and the Coelho's coming from Brazil, the Jiu-Jitsu guy, Maizena is coming from Brazil, the box, and the old coaches come to help, you know what I mean? Mm. Come to here too, to help regain his belt. And like, you know what I mean? No ego right. between his old coats and the new coats. 
everybody work together for one goal. Davidson Figueiredo be the champion on January 22nd. And the most important, you not asking, Brendo Moreno betrayed Cerrudo. You know that? You heard about that? No, tell me. Brendo Moreno, I'm going to tell you, Ariel. Brendo Moreno lived in Cerrudo's house for two years. And after that, he moved for Benavides to train with Benavides against Cerrudo. Wow. How crazy is that? And Cerrudo now say now he's going to pay. You know what I mean? This is what Cerrudo keep telling us. And now, you know, Cerrudo is amazing, man. His focus, his ability as a, as a coach is unbelievable. No, man, we are very happy here. And Cerrudo is a very motivated. Cerrudo está puto, né? Que o Bruno Moreno traiu ele. E, porra, a gente não gosta de traidor. We hate traitors. Who betrayed, you know what I mean? In our sport, who betrayed not to last for long. Right. And Brandon Moreno play a nice guy, but he's not a nice guy. He's a betrayed, he betrayed Moreno, you know what I mean? Simple like that. And now, Davis is going to revenge Brandon Moreno. Wow. But what I'm going to revenge Cerrudo. Yeah, yeah. Beat Brandon Moreno. I got it. Yeah, yeah. That's intense stuff. Um, how did he end up at Fight Ready? How did you end up there, Davison? Did they call you? Did you call them? What's the story? How did you end up there, Davison? Did you call them? What's the story? How did you end up there, Davison? How did you end up there, Davison? may have lost them. It's been a little dicey-dicey. All right, we'll reconnect with them. We lost Davison and Valid. I mean, is there anyone better in this sport at promoting fights than Valid? Other than me, he might be number one. I mean, what, did that, what, what, what kind of story was that? That he betrayed, Brandon Moreno betrayed Henry Cejudo. He stabbed him in the back. It's an unbelievable storyline right there. And they're back. All right, they're back. Let's go back to them. You guys there? Okay, okay. Valid. Yeah, yeah, we're there. Okay, okay. Yes, we're there. Uh, I don't see you. Do we have them, guys, or we're just doing audio? We're going we're gonna to do it audio only. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we have it up there just as a backup if it comes back? All right, but uh, Valid, uh, you were saying, because I lost you there, uh, you were saying, uh, you were explaining why, he was explaining why and how he ended up at Fight Ready. Yeah, I'm I, I gonna, I gonna tell, he, he just yeah. talked. Okay. I'm gonna tell how he, he, go, he went to Fight Ready. We always, he ha, always had a great relationship with Erika Bahasin. Yes. Okay, and he talked to Erika Bahasin, Erika Bahasin invited him to come to here, talk to Cerrudo, I talked to Erika, and I talked to Dave. Dave is the main guy. You know what I mean here? Uh -huh. Dave is, is a great guy. Hmm. He loves the sport. He's the owner of Fight Ready. What's his last name? And you What's are Dave's running last everything name? to him. 
Excuse me. What's his last name, Dave? Do you know it? I'm gonna give right now. Okay. Yeah, no problem. No problem. No problem. It's from our area. Is a uh, from the Liba. Is a Lebanese. Oh, okay. our area. Yes, like like, like 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 my family yeah. as well. Uh, but you can keep going. It's yes. okay. You could tell me. You could tell me later. Okay, Dave. I'm gonna spell his last name. Zoini. Zoini. Z O Y I N E. Okay. Dave Zoini. All right. You know what I mean. You know, I talk to him and say, Valid, I give you all the support or whatever he needs to be the champion again. You know what I mean? And we came to here, Serrudo, like, embrace the mission and everybody from Fight Ready because they have so many coaches. You remember the name, the coach there? Because they have so, I'm, I'm really bad with the names. I have the guy from the Korean, Korean like Muay Thai coat, the yeah. box coat Eddie is Cha. amazing. Eddie Chai, like, he's great. Yeah, he's a great coat, man. Yeah. He's a really great coat. And the box coat, the big one. I don't know, you know his name. You know his name? No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna. So, yeah, yeah no, it's he, a great team over a, there. And you have Zhang Wei Li there now. You have uh, Henry, of course, there. But for I always said Davison versus Henry would be a dream match. At this point, does that mean they will <laughs> never fight each other? É, é, é tudo maravilhoso, tá tudo ótimo lá, mas o, o, a luta do sonho era o, o Davidson contra, contra o Serrudo. Isso nunca vai acontecer? Ah, agora não, cara. Agora não. É, infelizmente, se, se tornamos amigos, agora irmãos pra caramba. E nem se passa na minha cabeça lutar um dia contra ele. É um cara que eu porra, aprendi a apreciar demais, é um cara que me abraçou demais tem me ajudado todos os dias e eu treino direto com ele, cara. Então, eu, eu pô, jamais vou ser um traíra como o Breno Moreno foi com ele. You know, it's a good call. Never this fight gonna happen. Never. He really like uh, Serrudo. He's like Serrudo says, my friend is my brother now. You know, I never gonna do to him what Breno Moreno did. I never gonna betray this. É, eu e Serrudo. The betray, who betrayed is Moreno, you know what I mean? And we, we here to revenge Serrudo. And he's like a brother of Serrudo right now. Serrudo embrace him, his cows, you know what I mean? To be a champion again. You know, it's like a soap opera, you know what I mean? Like the guy betrayed Serrudo, now Serrudo trained him. Mm. It's like a hockey ball boa. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing. If you, it's a really real history. You imagine Serrudo let Breno Moreno stay two years in his house. Teach, live with Breno Moreno. And Breno Moreno left his house, go to the camp. At, I think it was Benavides. And this camp was made to fight, to prepare Benavides against Serrudo. Crazy. How bad, like, in our sport, this is the worst. When you betrayed a teammate, a family like that, you know, Brendo Moreno is gonna pay. Because now, everything cons uh, conspire in pro, to, like, to be a great fight. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a fucking war <laughs> because we imagine how Serrudo is hungry how this guy but the most important 
refocus. O mais importante é você estar tá focado. Yeah. Of course. Como você está. So let me ask Davison. In, in last year, Wait. last year, fighter of the year, incredible year, four incredible fights, one of the best fights of the year. And we saw, you know, you were living a good life and you were buying things and you were loving it. Did your head get too big? Did your ego get too big and you had to be humbled in June? Is that what happened? What do you think? Did your did your head get too big? Did your ego get too big? Não, cara, eu que não. Eu sempre, o que, o que mexeu comigo simplesmente que abalou, que distorceu todo o meu foco uh, na minha carreira de atleta foi sempre a, a, a empresa que eu, que eu construí em Belém. Yeah, no, no. You know, what was wrong was the business is built in his home city. This was worse for him. He lost, he focused. No, And this is true. I can say that he's he's became he stayed the same guy, even help help more people because he built the gym, and many people trained there without pay. Muita gente treina lá sem pagar, né? You know what I mean? Like he built the gym to help people he see, but he forgot to be focused for the fight. Mm, okay. You imagine? You imagine this? Everybody can imagine. He built a gym with everything, with CrossFit, trade, like everything, like a full gym. You know what I mean? And the time of the fight, he write the chats, yeah. see what's good for the gym, what's not. It's crazy. Too much. Like, it was the focus. The man, the, you know, the, like you say, the fight of the year, the best, re, like regain the flyweight division. And lost like that, how? Just because he lost his focus. His focus. Okay. It's no doubt about. So it's not Now the you're gonna see everybody gonna see on January 22nd. He's okay fighting at flyweight. Uh, he's okay with the cut. It's it's uh it's more okay the distractions, but it's not the weight. The no, weight no, is yeah, yeah. Gonna ask him. Tu tá tranquilo lutar no flyweight ainda no 57? O corte tá sentindo tranquilo agora? Essa mudança. De, 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 de cidade, de cidade. É, agora vai ser, o, vai ser o, o primeiro teste, entendeu? Simplesmente se eu me sentir bem, bater 57 quilos, que eu tenho certeza que vou bater muito bem, muito forte, é, eu vou permanecer nessa, nessa categoria defendendo o cinturão por um longo tempo. You know, now is a big time right now, because he feel good, You know everything is going right. He's gonna continue in the in the flyway for a long time. He just say that, like the environment. He changed the city. He come for the fight ready. All the things together. The UFC help him with the foods. You know what I mean? With everything, like the his coat condition. Now, now he's gonna get the weight, the weight, the flyway. And he's gonna be the champion for a long time. Have no doubt about. Uh, two last quick questions: Is he going to stay in Arizona from now till January twenty second? Você vai ficar no Arizona até janeiro de dia vinte de janeiro? Cara, na verdade eu vou ficar por um longo tempo aqui. Tenho certeza disso. 
Eu, se, se voltar, se voltar pós-luta ao Brasil, é só para buscar minha família e retornar aqui, porque o meu foco agora é treinar, né? é viver a vida de atleta. You know, he's gonna be here, not just for the fight, you wanna move, he wanna move for Arizona. Wow. Like the, the, the structure of the fight here is amazing. You wanna live here, he's gonna he go to Brazil, he's gonna bring his family to here, because he feel this is the place to him be the champion for a long time. Because he, he has everything he needs. And he's gonna be here for a long, long time. This wow. artist just tell me. Gonna bring his family and be focused to be the champion for a long, long time. Yeah. No, the play, man, you need to see Ariel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything he's top of the line. Everything is great. And the, the most important, he focused. And and last one for him. Um, I saw on his Instagram they made a statue for him. Uh, what, what was the story <laughs> behind the statue and how did that make him feel? Entendeu? <laughs> por essa cidade que é Souri. Ah, ah, sempre que luto, eu, é, é o meu cantinho de, de refúgio, cara. Eu vou para lá, esfriar a cabeça, descansar o corpo. E tenho certeza que eu vou recuperar esse cinturão e vou comemorar em Souri com essa galera que eu tanto amo. You know, it's amazing, because it's, it's in his hometown, Souri. This is the name, in Pará. And it's, it's amazing, you know what I mean? He loved the city. E very please, quem fez a estátua? Prefeito Guto, na cidade de Souri. Ah, who was the mayor of the city. Wow. Guto. You know what I mean? He's the mayor of the city, built the, the estátua. And he's very happy. And he loved the city. You know, he represents Souri all over the world, every place he go. And very pleased and very happy to have his estátua in his hometown. Wow, that is amazing. And every time he win, he go there to relax. He love to be in the middle of the Amazon Amazon jungle. Parabéns. What a great honor that is. Obrigado. Um, <laughs> hey, one last thing, Valida, I have to ask you, uh, your other client is Paulo Costa Bohachinha. He's fighting this weekend against uh, Marvin Vittori. An hour ago at the media day in Las Vegas, Marvin Vittori said he is hearing that Bohashinia can't make 185 and that it might have to be changed to 205 this fight. Is this true? Man, I'm gonna arrive tomorrow in Las Vegas. I don't know how the things is. We're gonna we're gonna put we we finalize the the deal, how it's gonna work, the catch weight. But let me let me arrive there. You know what I mean? But the most important now, Bohashinia need to give his best to show the world. What is about? You know what I mean? We cannot talk much. Just the time of the fight. Mm -hmm. Certainly is the time of the fight. You know what I mean? And like I tell you, man, I'm gonna be there to see how it's gonna work. I just say thank you for UFC for everything he do it. 
for make the things work. Always, always Ariel. The guys think best for the sport. You know what I mean? You know I love, I love like everybody there. I know you have some problems. No problems, no problems. But no I love problems. you, but I know, I know, I know. No problems, Valid. No problems. But okay, okay, okay. My 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 bad. <laughs> but you know, UFC, I love UFC, man. I just work with the guys. Always, if you do good for UFC, UFC doing good for you. Amen. You know what I mean? And they go there. But everything's come together. You know what I mean? And now is the time to Paulo Costa show what it's about. It's okay. not time to talk. You know what I mean? This is what I can say. So there might be a catchweight. Uh, Maybe catchweight. It's going to be catchweight. It's going to be catchweight. What weight? This, you know? this for sure. 195, 200? We, we work right now. Okay. We work right now. All right. We work right now. Okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it just came out now, so I wanted to ask you. Everyone's asking me to ask you about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to work. Very, man, like this guy, you know what I mean? A lot of people say he's not going to fight for the belt, but they talk to UFC, work, you know what I mean? Say, hey, this guy was the fight of the year mm -hmm. in 2020. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was the child? Mick just called me. Oh, okay. Hello. <laughs> was Mick? <laughs> He's probably watching right now. Was Mick here? <laughs> okay. I gotta call him back. You want to call him on the show? Uh, we'll, we'll do a three-way call. You want to call him too? No, no, no. 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 <laughs> Come on. Come. Come on. I love Mick. You wanna really put him in the spot? You no, know? no. He no. worked very hard to make the things together. You know what I mean? But like I say, now is is he's regained his belt. On January 22nd, brother. All right. This is the most important. I'll let you take that call, Valid. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Obrigado, <laughs> Davison. Great to talk to you, Thanks. my friend. Good luck to you. We'll talk to you Us. soon. Good luck in training, okay? Thanks for everything, brother. Take All right. care. Bye-bye. There we go. Uh, Valid Ishmael, one of the best in the game when it comes to managing, promoting, coaching, and Davison Figueredo. Uh, look. I said, I know a lot of people were, were sort of complaining about this, but I, I thought that it was the right call. You're trying to make the biggest fights. The first fight was a draw. Uh, the, the second fight, and, and one of the best fights of the year, the second fight was a great fight in its own right. Brandon Moreno won the belt. He took the belt away from Davison. Run it back. I like this call. I don't mind it. For the, for the division to be talked about as much as possible for the best storyline for a title fight. No knock on Askarov, no knock on, on Alexander Pantoja. They're not on the level right now as a Figueredo. And it's not like someone is, it's not like Zhang Weili, in my opinion, and Carlos Sparza, where I felt like Sparza had the storyline and the winning streak. Not quite the same. Would it have been a crime if they went with one of those guys? No, but I feel like this was the call to make. And now you've got the heavyweight title fight on the same card as the flyweight title fight. How fun is that? You've got Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gan on the, the, the same card, main event, likely, last I heard, in Anaheim, on the same card as the flyweight title fight. That's fun. I like that. I like that very much. So I wonder what uh, Mick Maynard is calling about. Maybe he wants to call us afterwards or something like that. I don't know. Um... But there's the update right there from the man himself, Marvin Vittori, Paulo Costa. Another interesting wrinkle going into this middleweight title fight. I wonder if this changes uh, GC's thoughts on the fight. Probably reinforces his opinion. Maybe it changes the line. 
if Paulo Costa is having trouble making weight, not a good look for him, especially coming off the Izzy fight and especially coming off all the stuff with the wine and saying that, you know, he was drinking before and he was unable to sleep, all this stuff, tough. So that's on Saturday. That fight's on January 22nd. All right. Quick on the draw there. Time to answer a few questions, my friends. Time for, I mean, this segment, a little segment that I wanted to add at the uh, the very end of the show has created so much buzz in the MMA world. So many people uh, talking Oh, a little update here from uh, from Shaheen Al-Shadi. Paul Acosta just said at Media Day seconds ago that right now he's 211 pounds and won't make weight. Wow. Appreciate the honesty. Proposed catch weight of 195. So the drama continues. Stay tuned. Okay. Uh, everyone's favorite segment. Everyone loves On the Nose. It's unfiltered. It's raw. It's uncensored. It's all the things you want out of Hiawani. Hit him up, Hiawani, right? That's what you want. It's Hot tag, Hiawani. Fashion Q and A. I mean, fans. Frankie, a little quick on the draw, but you know what? I respect it. You don't have to wait for me. Get in there. To hear from the man himself, Ariel Hiawani. Live That's right. From the Box Studios in beautiful New York City, it's on the nose. What a song. And now, what a tune. Mike Heck, legend. Get out of your seats. Get out of your seats. On your feet. Here he is. Here there do we have a quick transition what do we have we have something for gc do we have something like i think we're working on it we we should discuss these things before the show i think that we get them sponsored you know i personally think on the nose should be a very sponsorable element of the program <laughs> Do you think PF Chang's will support? Uh, I don't know, but I'm looking at the uh, the YouTube chat right now, and this thing is going to have a seizure. I mean, geez, Louise, what are you guys all excited about over there? I mean, all of a sudden, you guys want to talk? Um, crazy, crazy people. Okay, on the nose, we go to the Substack as always, arielhawani.substack.com. What do we end up with? 94. Okay, not quite the record. Although I think we had we ended up with 101, but I think that was uh, including some of the other questions that came in later. Uh, 94 questions is a lot. And we're going in chronological order here, friends. So if you want a hot tag, if you want to hit me, you know, I'm standing here with the the little string, which I love when they do that, when they're holding the little string. I, I love that. It's old school. It's paying homage to the way it once was. Not a lot of guys do it, but it's the details, the finer details. You want to stand there holding the string, getting the hot tag. I'll be here holding the string, waiting for the hot tag. Uh, first question is from Nathan. Why in boxing is keeping your O a bigger deal than an MMA? It's a great question. I think part of the structure of of boxing has led people to believe that you should win 20 in a row, 25 in a row, 30 in a row, and then you get the big fights. In MMA, it's a little different. You're Brock Lesnar, you're thrown in there in your second pro fight against Frank Mir. And if you lose, we don't really care. You know, I think it. I think also part of it is like these guys compete in jujitsu. These guys compete in wrestling, and losses happen. You get tapped, you stand up, you brush yourself off, and uh, you move on to the next one. Wrestling, you might get pinned, get up, brush yourself off, move on to the next one. And so I don't think as much pressure is put on the competitor in MMA as opposed to boxing to keep this undefeated streak going. It's a lot harder to keep it going because. You're fighting tougher guys earlier on in your career, 
and uh, you're you're prone to losing one of those fights, either getting knocked out with a four ounce glove, getting tapped, decision. It's tough to go twenty zero. I mean, look at what Habib did. Very very rare, extremely rare. I mean, he's the only one at that level to go that long without a loss. And so I love the fact that in MMA, you lose, you come back, and your stock doesn't go down. In fact, we've seen some people's stock go up in a loss. Deontay Wilder, I think, stock went up in a loss, but very rarely in boxing does your stock go up in a loss, unless you were robbed. In MMA, you can see a guy like, I don't know, uh, in a weird way, Nathan Diaz's stock, I think, went up after the Leon fight. There's a thousand different examples of this. Guy loses, fights his heart out, stock goes up. It happened. I mean, Ally Quinta, Habib, stock went up, took the fight on short notice, that, that sort of thing. So I love the fact that that's part of the culture. I love that. And I wish it was part of the culture in boxing. I'd prefer someone go 10-0 and and start fighting tougher guys than 20-0. and And then you lose at your 11th fight, big deal. Uh, Ariel, big shout out from Manchester, England. What a show, great guests and great topics. This is from Andy. What I want to know is what happened with Dan Hardy in the UFC? Also, why can't you explain what really happened at UFC 199-200? Surely, now that you're on your own, you can elaborate. Keep up the awesome work. Okay, first of all, I'm not going to talk about what happened with Dan Hardy in the UFC because that would, quite frankly, be the exact same thing that was done to me by Brendan Schaub. I wasn't there. I didn't dig around. That's a guy's employment. That's something that happened behind the scenes. I don't think it's, some things are my business. As Dana White likes to say, some things aren't. And I think this one isn't necessarily my business. Uh, apparently something happened behind the scenes. That's his story to tell. And he has had to deal with whatever ramifications he seemed to be doing very well now. He's got his YouTube channel. He's doing Cage Warriors. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not. And that's part of the reason why it annoyed me when people were talking about my job. Now, as for 199 and 200, I do believe that you are referring to the quote-unquote apology. The apology that was dropped on late, late Monday. I mean, for me, early Tuesday, by the time I went to bed, I didn't see anything on the uh, Below the Belt program, the critically acclaimed Below the Belt program. Now, I'll say this. I don't know. All right, let me, let me just get right into it, and I'll address the 199 thing here. And I'm not going to take up as, as much time as I did in the past because I don't want to shortchange all of you who asked all these good questions. Let me just say this. I would love to sit here once and for all and say to Brendan and the entire team over there uh, at Thick Boy Studios, three C's, I would love to sit here and say, I accept your apology. I would love to sit here and say, thank you for going on the air and saying sorry for the lies about 199, for the lies about being hard to work with, for the lies about the Jake Paul fight for the lies about ESPN. I would love to sit here and say, I accept your apology. The problem is, I didn't hear an apology. I actually did not hear an apology. I didn't hear, hey man, I'm sorry. That was my bad. Now, am I going to be an a-hole and sit here and demand? No, we're moving on. We are moving on. We got a 20-minute, somewhat sincere long, at times genuine, at times nonsensical, at times confusing, at times repetitive recap of the past month or so 
And so I will accept whatever that was. It was not an apology. It was not a correcting of the record. But I don't want to keep doing this every week because I'm sure you're getting tired of it. Maybe you're not. I am. I see you guys loving it. You love every second of it. I am not going to say I accept the apology because one never came. Uh, But I will say this because he was quite open uh, with what happened recently. So I will be as well. After the show, when I left, as I was signing off, I got the text saying, I'll call you in 15 minutes. The text was from him. Um, Maybe he knew that I called him. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Called about 30 or so minutes later, and we did have a conversation. And at the very beginning of that conversation, I said, hey, I just want to let you know the missed call was from me on the show. I called you on the show because you said, and I said this all, and, you know, I didn't know if he was recording it or not, but I'll, I'll back everything up. I said, I heard you say I didn't have the balls to say any of this to you, and so I wanted to call you in the quickest way possible and let you know that I do have the balls to say anything that I would say on this air to, about anyone to anyone. Um, he claimed that he didn't know that I did that on the air, and that's fine. And we did have... I thought a pretty pleasant conversation for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes about the last few months um, or a couple months or a month or so. And uh, the basic gist of it all was, you know, how does this end? And I said, look, I'm not looking to prolong anything. I don't want to come across as a bully. I just want what I initially said at the very beginning was an apology, a correcting of the record. 199. ESPN, working with people, Jake Paul. That's it. And so we came to an agreement that that would happen. And I said very clearly, I don't need a whole long drawn out thing. This could be over in 45 seconds. Hey man, I messed up. We're cool, respect, you do your thing, I do my thing, that's it. 45, 30, 60 seconds tops. I didn't need 10 minutes. I didn't need 15. I didn't need 20. I thought you can be done with this at the top of the show, at the bottom of the show, middle of the show, before an ad break, after an ad break, get it over with and move on. In the end, what we got was, you know, this whole long thing, a bunch of statements that he didn't hear this and didn't know this and didn't hear that, which I still don't buy. One statement that kind of irked me was, hey, why don't you come out and actually explain what happened in 199? I probably have retold the story of UFC 199 and what happened there, at least at this point, 4,000 times. I mean, I can't tell that story a 4,001 times because if you watch my stuff, listen to my stuff, you have heard it probably so many times that you are so damn bored of the story at this point. In fact, literally two days after what happened in 199, I told the story on this show in great detail five years ago. And I've said it again and again and again and again. One last time, I will remind you all what happened. I was told that Brock Lesnar had started training again two days before UFC 199 by a source. The same way I was told Jorge Masvidal is fighting Leon Edwards at uh, whatever that is going to be, 269 on December 11th. Then you start digging. Then if you recall and go back, because the story has changed over time, if you go back and look, it started to come out that he had been placed on the website again. Like his profile came up again. It had resurfaced. And that happens and people start tweeting about this. 
I started digging around. Is he coming back? Is he, is he training for a comeback? Is he fighting someone? What's going on? You start digging. That's your job. You start digging. You start looking around. Never asked anyone at the UFC. Never talked to anyone at the UFC. I wasn't working for Fox anymore. I wasn't privy to anything. If you remember and you go back, my old pal Brad Okamoto at ESPN actually asked Dana White backstage after the weigh-ins at UFC 199 if Brock Lesnar was coming back. There is an interview out there where he asks him this point blank, face-to-face. Dana shot it down, said no, something like that. But the question was asked because this was out there in the open. People were talking about it. It was a story being talked about. It was a rumor. It was a thing the week of 199. This didn't come out of nowhere. By the way, an hour before I reported the Brock thing, I also reported that Connor and Nate were fighting each other August 20th. The rematch had been signed. How did I come up with that? Sources. You talk to people. It wasn't some big conspiracy thing. And so right before I was leaving to the arena, UFC 189, June of 2016, another source told me, yes, he is coming back. And then a third source told me, yes, he's coming back. Again, to reiterate one last time, to squash the narrative that this was told to me in confidence off the record and that I broke some kind of rule that I was unethical, never happened. Never happened till I die that is the story on my life, on anyone I love's life. That is the story. Anyone saying otherwise, liar. And I would put my track record and reputation up against anyone's. I was told he's coming back. And I didn't leave. I actually missed the first fight of the night. It was Marco Polo Reyes against, uh, I think, Dong Young Kim. I missed that fight because I was writing it up in my hotel room. And then, of course, as you know, story gets out. I, I break the story. And then later on, they announce it. I didn't know what the plan was. I mean, obviously, UFC 200 is coming up in a month. They're going to announce it at some point. I didn't even know who the opponent was. I didn't, re- I didn't report the opponent. I didn't know. All I reported was that he was coming back. And that's it. Nothing nefarious, nothing unethical. I have literally told this story 15 times. But if you want it one more time, there it is. And so the way it was positioned in this thing was like, hey, you know, this is what I heard. He has no reason to lie to me. Listen, I've never lied about anything. I've always been upfront with everyone. I've addressed it a thousand times, 4,000 times. I don't know what it is. I've addressed it. And there it is. One last time, I've addressed it. And hopefully it's the last time. I'm going to guess it's not going to be the last time, but there's the story It was just like any other scoop that any other reporter gets. You get a little, and it's really crazy that it's turned into this thing five years later, but on my life, no one ever told me anything in confidence. No one ever told me anything off the record. And it's nice to see, thank you very much to Michael Bisping, to Dustin Poirier and others, people who have come out who are legends, who have great integrity, have come out and backed my own assessment of myself that I'm good to work with, that I'm a good teammate, all this stuff, and that I don't stab you in the back. You tell me something off the record, I don't stab you in the back. And so that's it. I mean, for the record, Michelle Obama said the line, when you go low, I go high, not Hillary Clinton. Um, there was this whole thing about, hey, you know, his t- people coming after, no one's coming after me. There's just a couple of jabrones coming after me. And I told them, as long as those people are going to come after me, they are associated with you. No one associated with this show, no one associated with me, a colleague, a friend, a brother, a teammate, a family. No one has come after him. He says that he doesn't check social media. I don't believe that, but no one has come after me. His squad has come after me. Mufasa, who is probably now over the moon that I've just mentioned him. This guy loved trying to break down from a intellectual standpoint, Hilwani. 
I mean, I, th- this guy, trying to actually, he thinks he got me by explaining that Hiawani is actually a misnomer because I'm a baby face. You dolt. What are you talking about? It's just, it's, it's a name that rhymes with my name that's kind of funny because now I'm unfiltered, unshackled, and so it's my bad boy persona. It's sort of like when Stone Cold was a bad guy but also a good guy. Come on, stick with me here. Do I have to break it down for all of you? I'm a good guy heel. A little bit of gray. Come on, man. Listen, I'll never look like you. I'll never have flowing gray locks like you. I'll never have perfectly manicured facial hair like you. I'll never have abs like you. But please, stick with me here, all right? Stick with me, Bubba. But I don't mind it. He says that it was a low blow that I went to social media. I'll remind you that the Fighter and the Kid uh, Twitter page went to social media and took shots on this segment, asking if it was too on the nose what they were saying put journalist beef in their title, put journalist beef in their podcast title as well, YouTube title, called me the unnamed journalist. I mean, let's not pretend like you guys were taking the high road in all of this. And also, let's not pretend that what I did was too much. Let's not pretend that this was a buildup of five years. Five years I had to listen to lies, dating back to 199. There are clips to back this up where I never responded. Five years. A couple shows here, two months is too much? No, nah, not too much. We're talking five years to like a month and a half. A couple of digs here and there. I see the pot shots. I see the digs. I think this could have been easily rectified in 45 seconds, but I'm moving on. That's it. I'm moving on until another one of them wants to come after me. And I hope this is a lesson to everyone out there. I've never heard from Brian. Um, I thought it was interesting that they did this on the other show. I don't know how they decide what show they're talking about what. It's all very confusing. There's a thousand different podcasts out there. Too many, if you ask me. Streamline that stuff. Keep it all in check. I'll say, you know what? Much love to uh, the guy in the back with the websites, Chin. You know, it was a stray. You know, it was a drone strike. You get the point. It was a drone strike. It was a stray. I got no beef with you. I got no hate. You, You know, I've seen a little things, but you know what? It was a stray. Shrimp. You talked about my family. I don't apologize for that one. Uh, dude with the, you know, the weird hair and the bizarre facial hair. I don't apologize for that one. Callan certainly don't. I mean, two-faced. You, could, you say you're going to apologize, you know. But Brendan and I, I'm moving on. That's it. I'm moving on. Um, I wish I could sit here and say apology accepted, but there was no apology. There was, like, there wasn't an actual apology. I never heard, I'm sorry, I never, but... It did at times seem sincere. It did at times seem genuine. And I just can't keep doing this each and every week. And then, of course, there are other people out there who are seeing this and want to be made famous. We've got, you know, uh, Josh Thompson with his 1997 Sum 41 haircut trying to get the rub, going on and on, taking pictures and videos of himself at the beach. And that's some sort of indication that his life is better than ours, that all is good, that he's not bothered by any of this. Meanwhile, he's tweeting about me all day and night. I had to mute him. Uh, Focus on your job, focus on your life. They're probably going to do a segment on me on their next podcast, break it out, put my picture up there, put me in the title, try to get the views, try to get the rub. Again, as Brendan actually accurately pointed out, there were a few accurate things in that um, soliloquy. I don't make any money off these views here. I could do this on my own YouTube channel. I don't because this show, 
I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a guy working here. I'm just a guy with a website. I don't own this. I don't own any of this. I don't make a single more dollar doing any of this. So I'm just sitting here doing my thing, answering questions, trying not to bother anyone. But I hope the lesson now is that if you are going to come after me, and I don't care if it's a current UFC fighter spreading lies about me, like a Gilbert Burns, I don't care if it's a current UFC fighter spreading lies or misrepresenting or pretending to be innocent about a situation that you know very well the truth, like Bilal Muhammad, or if it's a manager spreading lies, spreading misinformation like Ali Abdelaziz, or if it's a retired fighter like Brendan Schaub spreading lies, spreading misinformation, if it's a, you know, a, 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 a cover boy of an erotic novel in the back of the bodega, 99 cents, spreading lies, spreading information. Let the record show that I will respond now. And that's it. I will never respond first. I will never come out first and start a war, start a fight. I think there are a lot of people who like and respect me. And I think a lot of people would back that up. And I think the people that come on the show would back that up. But I hope it is now very clear that if anyone is going to try to get over on me, once and for all, those days are done. Hiawani here to stay. I got the, uh, the endorsement of the champ, Thug Nose, here to stay. And that's that. And so I am officially moving on. I appreciate the support. I appreciate everyone at P.F. Chang's who has had my back. This is not me trying to separate myself from you guys. I never even knew about the Reddit page before all of this, the subreddit. People told me afterwards. I was not aware. I'm not that guy. I don't really go on Reddit and stuff like that, not because I don't like it. I just, I'm not good with that stuff. I have some friends who show me things here or there, and I'm not doing the whole bit that I don't go on social. Trust me, I'm on social media way too much. I'm on YouTube way too much. I just didn't know about it. I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's an incredible thing. Uh, I just didn't know about it. This is not me separating. You guys are prolific. Much love. I never want to get on your bad side. I appreciate the support and the love. Uh, if you want to take off the CEO cap, that's great. My point is, I can't keep doing this because I'm never going to truly get that apology. I'll never get the mea culpa. I'll never get the I'm sorry. Uh, but what I got a couple of days ago, ultimately, is I think the best that I'm going to get. And I don't want to make a grown man cry. I don't want to make a grown man sad. I don't want to make him upset. And we, let's just move on. And so thank you all for that. Um, but I think I'm good. Those were just postscripts, by the way. Like that was just me like kind of going through with a fine tooth comb. He said he's not going to say my name anymore. And ultimately that's what means the most. Because usually when they talk about me on those programs, it's misinformation, it's inaccurate, it's mistruths, all that stuff. And so I think the best course of action is to stop talking about me. Wish them the best. Don't wish any harm, ill will, failures, misfortune, any of that on them or anyone. Even the guys I responded to earlier. Don't wish any of that on any of them. That's not a way to live. But we're moving. All right. (laughs) I should have read... I should have read the response to Andy's question. He has many times in the past. You can watch old MMA Hour episode right after those events. Easy to find, just Google. All right, here we go. Ariel, my man, I love the banter and good vibes you have on your show here and the other show with Chuck and PT. Thank you. Um, But there seems to be a lot of beef in MMA media. I disagree. I don't think there's a lot of beef in MMA media, if I'm being honest. I think we're in a pretty good spot.
Was this the same in the NBA? Uh, I wasn't really like in the trenches in the NBA like I am here, so I can't really speak to that. There's definitely drama in the NBA. You know the the top dogs. And I think, I think one thing that I'll say about NBA reporting, they do not do a good job of crediting each other. I think MMA media has come a long way in that regard. And there are certain people who don't credit others and certain outlets that don't credit others. But for the most part, I think we do a very good job of crediting others. And we've come a long way. NBA, I don't think does a good job at all. Baseball does a really good job of crediting others. And you might say at home, this is a useless thing. But I would actually say that, you know, it's an important thing. If you do the work, if you put in the time, if you get something right, you should, you should get the credit for it. Ariel, Steve James Irvin here. I've got lone wolf vibes. I cover the sport of MMA, but can't seem to enjoy covering the sport on a team collective basis with brands or sites. I think I'm just a solo MMA guy through and through. Is there a hope for a Scottish solo MMA journalist to achieve some on his own? Absolutely. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's a small world. There are a lot of great journalists overseas. Guilherme Cruz in Brazil. And I'm not saying he's the only one in Brazil, but doing it on the English side, yeah, he's one of the very few. Pizzi in Ireland. Uh, there's some great guys in England as well. Simon Head, I would say Oscar Willis, but he's turned his back on his country. Now he lives in, uh, in Las Vegas. Farhanun, Egypt. Like there's a lot of people who are quote unquote lone wolves. Don't let that deter you. When is the next UFC event you are going to and will it be for BT Sport coverage? I don't know. I honestly don't know. No particular reason. I'm enjoying the flow of things right now uh, and we'll see, but no particular reason. And I don't know. Uh, if you were to do a new weekly show with a current or former fighter that's not DC or Chael, who do you think would be a good co-host? This is from Brett, a.k.a. Uh, AKA Michael Sarah. He looks like Michael Sarah. He does. Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. It was really special with those two because we had such a great relationship. At one point, I thought Ben Askren maybe, but he does like a jabroni show with another jabron, and they get, I think, at best 10 listeners, maybe. I don't even know if the show still exists. So he's taken, um, I think Anthony Smith would be a good co-host. But there was something really special with DC Chael because we had such a good relationship. There was no ego. We would crack jokes, put each other over. We were just friends, like legit friends. And that's something you can't fake or force. With the U.S. making COVID vaccines necessary for visitors, can you see the UFC doing more international shows in the coming years or even a return to Fight Island? I think we're going to have to wait and see. But yeah, it's a possibility for sure. It's all evolving. Interesting times. Ariel, mental health is a topic often brought up by guests on your show. I'm very appreciative of that. I just wanted to know, how's your mental health and family doing? All the best from Australia. Wow. Uh, love this question. Thank you. Melissa also loves this question. My mental health, I think, is doing well. Um, it has been an interesting year. I will say, I, I, will, I will mention this because I, I sort of alluded to it last week in my interview with Marty Fish. It really came, so I've always battled extreme anxiety. I don't think I ever really battled depression, but I've been down. And in particular, when I was at uh, Syracuse University, I was extremely down for three years. I was very lonely. I had horrendous social anxiety. I've said the story before where I couldn't leave my dorm room um, to go eat. 
I was so nervous about the idea of talking to people face to face that I would wait until I didn't hear anyone in the hallways. I'd wait till 2, 3 a.m. just to go brush my teeth. That's how nervous I was around people. I would never go to the cafeteria. I would eat SpaghettiOs and almonds in my dorm room. That's what I would have for dinner, night after night. And uh, it was really tough. And I remember going to one sort of guidance counselor there, and he actually told me to quit. Quitting isn't in my vocabulary. I was offended by that, and I didn't go back. And I've never talked to anyone about any of this you know, on a professional level since then until February of this past year. And in February of this past year, obviously there was COVID, there was all this stuff, but there was a lot going on in my mind. I thought that my time at ESPN was coming to an end. I was having a hard time figuring out what I wanted to do next, where I wanted to go, who I wanted to work with, how I wanted to proceed. I felt like it was almost a crossroads in my career and life. And I was asked to go cover Milwaukee Bucks versus Indiana Pacers for ESPN as a sideline reporter. And at that point, I wasn't vaccinated and, uh, you know, the vaccine wasn't even out and I hadn't been on a plane in quite some time. And I was feeling guilty about leaving my kids. There was a big snowstorm, all this stuff. And I felt like I physically could not leave. I felt like I could not do it. I couldn't mentally get over the hump of leaving. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to talk to someone about this. This is not normal how I'm feeling. I felt like my whole body was super, super tight. And so I finally found someone to talk to about this, a, a therapist, and uh, I've talked to her ever since. And I don't think, honest to God, I don't think I end up back here. I don't think I leave ESPN. I think I probably take the offer that they gave me because I didn't get fired and an offer was made. I think I probably stay. I think I don't end up here. I don't think I do the other stuff that I'm doing. None of it if I don't talk to her on a weekly basis to sort of get out of the cobwebs, get out of my head, open up the clouds and figure it out. And in the process of talking to her from February till now, and especially towards the end of my time at ESPN, I got super down. At one time, like there was one session that we had where I literally didn't stop crying for the entire time. I was very emotional about a lot of things going on in my life. Um, and I've talked about exercising more and using my Peloton and that opening up my head. Um, and so I'm very happy to answer the question. I'm very happy to say that I feel a lot better, that I'm a a lot happier, infinitely happier. Um, I don't feel like hate in my heart. I don't feel anxiety as much. I feel it from time to time. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think you can ever cure it. I don't take any medication. Obviously, there's good days and bad days, but it is a drastic difference from where I was in February. Drastic difference. Um, I was talking about this with someone earlier. There's, in all the places I'm working, no backstabbing, no lies, no, no people trying to be a snake around you. No people trying to put you down. No people trying to um, stop you from succeeding. Like it's all cohesive and friendly and fun and supportive. That's what I've been able to surround my life with. And I had to make some decisions about certain things. And I really was able to clear, like I didn't know what I was going to do. It was a really, really tricky time. And I'm so thankful that I was able to figure it out and talk to someone. And so again, I would urge anyone whatever's plaguing you, whatever's bothering you, talk to someone. Talk to someone who's not related to you. Talk to someone and they will help you figure things out. Honestly, it changed everything for me. I am honestly not sitting here if I didn't do that and couldn't be happier. Wake up every Monday and Wednesday, so excited to get here, so excited to talk to the fighters in this format and the other things as well. Um, and so thank you. 
I don't think I'll ever not be an anxious person. I get anxious before this show. I don't think I'll ever not be a nervous person or take things personally or get like emotional. Like that's just who I am. Call me sensitive. Call me whatever you want. That's who I am. I am who I am, like the great Popeye once said, uh, but I am proud of that, and I've come a hell of a long way since my time at Syracuse. I couldn't talk to people in person. Now I sit here and talk to all of you, and that's a big deal. And I know it's just a camera here, but I've talked in front of other people as well. I do get out. Um, So anyway, thank you for asking that. I appreciate it very much. Do you think you'll attend the upcoming UFC at MSG? Would love to get some old school Ariel Helwani interviews from Media Day. Uh, I don't think I will be there. And there's no real reason for that. It's not like I'm holding out. I don't know what my situation... Like, I don't think I'm banned. I honestly don't. I was supposed to go to the event in June, right before I left. So I think there's this misnomer out there that... It's just that if you look at everything that I'm doing, all the stuff, none of it is needed at the events. That's just the way the career has gone right now. I would love to be at an event. I asked everyone multiple times if they want me there. And as of now, it hasn't been... I was at the Jake Paul event, like... I'm happy to go if needed, if wanted. But right now, uh, it's it's not being asked. Maybe we'll get some fighters in studio. That would be cool. Uh, Mr. Ariel Hawani, aside from the fighters currently providing color commentary, which new guys, gals would be great on the mic? Also, is there room for new people to do this or is the current lineup set in stone? I think there's definitely room. Who would be great at providing color commentary? I think Anthony Smith would be good. They use him at the desk. I think Tyron Woodley would be good. They use him at the desk, but not in the booth. Those are two that come to mind. Any news on a possible location for UFC 271, Whitaker Adesanya? I don't know if that fight is official for that date, but um, no news. A little too soon. Ariel, my man, absolutely love the show and what you're doing. You're the best. Did those bozos keep their promise or nah? I wouldn't know because you couldn't pay me to listen to them. I don't know. You tell me. Did they keep their promise? I'm over it. Obviously, you're doing fine without them, but on a human level, was it hurtful, disappointing that guys like Henry Cejudo, who basically built their gimmick on your show, completely turned their back on you overnight just because of their manager? Hurt, uh, not disappointing. They all come back. Ben Askren used to hate me. Tito Ortiz used to hate me. They all eventually come back. I think it's whack as hell. I can't imagine a world where someone is telling me who I can talk to and who I can't talk to, especially over a petty thing that doesn't even exist. That is probably some, you know, backroom handshake deal to try to hurt me. Uh, I have a, an immense amount of respect for the fighters who do come on. They're all welcome. And so, yeah, I mean, is it a bummer? Sure. Would I still have them on now? Yes. Despite all of that. And maybe that's stupid. Maybe I'm a, a weakling for saying yes to that. But I think the whole thing is dumb. The whole thing is petty. And I just can't believe that the ones who are paying are being told what to do by the one who's getting paid. Ariel, that apology was one of the most narcissistic, nonsensical rants I've ever heard. But I think that's the best you're going to get. Time to move on regardless? Yes. Unless something else comes up. But yes. Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That is exactly what I thought of. A simple wrong would have sufficed. Oh, Frankie, you nailed it. The comedic timing is just fantastic.
Um, 1,000%. Nib high football rules. Uh, where do you think Kayla Harrison ends up? Bellator or the UFC? Either one is a, is a real player, probably the UFC. But there's no inside knowledge there. But she's probably going to get paid a lot. And good for her. What priority do you rate these things and want to see happen first? Baseball returns to Montreal. Knicks win the NBA Finals. Bills win the Super Bowl. Everton wins the Premier League. Happy birthday to the journey that began with Jerry Park. Yes, thank you very much. Jerry Park celebrated its 14th birthday yesterday. Man, that's a tough one. I'll go baseball returning to Montreal because that just will bring so much joy to my city. Oh, Knicks win the NBA Finals. Bills win the Super Bowl. That's a tough one. Oh, my God. Um... Man, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably go Knicks, Finals, Bills, Super Bowl. But th- those two are interchangeable for me. Really, they are. They would both bring me so much. I just want to see it once for both teams, and then I'll die a happy man. Give me baseball back in Montreal, then the Knicks, then the Bills, and then Everton. Yes, Louis Gilmore. Le Mensch de Montréal. With Gordon Ryan returned to action today, when do you think we'll see his MMA debut? Hopefully soon for one championship. Uh, Achi, new subscriber, big fan. Have you ever done or considered a meetup with fans? Yes, we did a meetup many moons ago in uh, Union Square. And why did you give up on honorable mention? It was it was a lot of work. Again, I I, I part of doing honorable mention was really petty Wani, petty Helwani, because people kept saying. I love when people are like, you only talk negative, you only talk shit, you only care about the beef, about the drama. For two years at ESPN, I did a segment where I highlighted the good people in the sport of MMA who were doing good things for others. In that segment, by the way, was often featured a bunch of fighters who won't talk to me, like Khabib. Who, like, I love when I hear from Khabib's fans, oh, you don't care about Khabib, you don't like Khabib, you the, the most irrational human beings on the planet. Not just his fans, but some of these fans are just completely out there. I would highlight him so many times on that segment. I even highlighted Ali once. I even highlighted Dana White once. And that was my way of showing you guys that this narrative that you have about me is completely wrong. I am here to celebrate the sport of MMA, to talk about the good and sometimes the bad. But this idea that I'm an instigator, that I'm a hater, that I'm a beef starter, all this nonsense is so whack, is so lazy, is so wrong. And I did that for two years. And then it just ran its course. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of homeless cats near the Mecca. CEO, you should be setting up a board meeting during fight week. Maybe we'll do that. Please make Oh My merch, or I will. Alex, you do it, and I'll support it. Uh, who would win a game of Jeopardy? You or Mrs. Helwani? Me. When will we see Ariel get involved in the AEW stuff? We need a CM Punk Ariel interview to cap off 2021. I'll just say I've reached out to Mr. Punk. I see him doing a lot of interviews with a lot of jabrones. And I mean, I don't want to say that he forgot about little old Ariel, but I mean, we're, we're you know, we're, I'm here. Punk, I'm here. Don't forget about us. I'm, I'm here. My man. What happened? AEW is doing great things. I'm a big fan. I enjoy watching it very much. Uh, did you ever hear from Sean McCorkle or Matt Mitrione? Yes, I've actually talked to both of them recently. Uh, I think you can guess about what. I feel as though a Mitrione McCorkle minute would be, dare I say, apropos given the current climate. Yes, um, but they're just crazy. Any news on when we can expect to hear CM Punk on the show? Uh, hopefully one of these days. I'd love to have him. 
Paul Heyman. I'll be talking to him very soon. And yes, Jim Miller should be in the Hall of Fame. I wrote that yesterday. I agree with you. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, let's roll through some of these. Uh, with Cannonier and Brunson already booked for UFC 270 in January, would you suggest the winner take another fight or volunteer to be a stand-in for Whitaker Adesanya? No. Viva Hilwani. No, it's going to be January. The other one's going to hopefully be February. Hey, Ariel, when you attended press conferences back in the day, would you try to get a question in as early as you could? Or did you prefer to hang back and wait? I always prefer to hang back and wait. I'll, I'll never be that first question guy. And uh, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Also, why does John Morgan always get the first dibs at the questions? I have no idea. Ask him. I think it's just become a thing. It's a good gimmick. Why not? Um, I think John Morgan is a great journalist and curious how it all works. Yeah, I just think it's become a thing and that's the routine and it doesn't really bother me. Um, can you shout out my brother, Robert White? Like myself, he has been a fan since the beginning. Robert, respect. If you could make one Triller-style MMA card, what would it be? Man, that's... I'll say this about Triller. They came out with that triangle thing, and uh, I told them I would give them a, a shout-out here. Mike Vasquez of uh, BYB put out this statement for me. BYB owns the patent to the design since 2015 of the triangle ring and will obviously look to protect and enforce its intellectual property ownership. Hey, Ariel, it's Jordan. We did Nick's trivia against each other last year for my birthday. Hello. My question is a process one. You clearly have true friendships with a lot of fighters. Can you peel back the curtain and walk us through how you build relationships with fighters outside of interviews? Do you text before or after fights, text about non-fighting things? Good question. I will say the biggest thing that I do, and it's not something that I do it with an end goal in mind, is you check in on them when it has nothing to do with fighting. You can't always check in and ask for something and want something. It doesn't work that way. You, you have to check in and just ask them questions about life. How are they doing? How are they feeling? Things like that. They don't want to just be asked for things. Very important. That's been a big thing. Fellow franchisee here, loving the new show, podcast, Baba. Got to be quick as I'm on the fry cook duties today. Serious question. How do certain managers gain such influence over the UFC? It must stem from somewhere or some past dealings. Warm regards. Uh, I think there are some managers who are more inclined to be in better standing with UFC than with their fighter. In, in other words, the relationship with the promotion means more to them than the relationship with the fighter. The fighter is interchangeable. The relationship is not going to go away. And if you are someone in good standing with the UFC, you are probably selling fighters on the stance that you are going to get favorable things from the UFC. This happens in all walks of life. It happens in broadcasting. It happens wherever there's an agent-employer relationship. Um, and there aren't that many agents out there in the game or managers. And that's just the way it goes. We ready, Ariel. October 20th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. A roster that maintained its core and brought in some talented newcomers, a team 49 years in the making. Y'all must have forgot. Oh, we're talking about the Knicks at the Mecca, MSG, the return of the blue and orange, the New York Knickerbockers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed the promo. To me, this year feels different. From the core to the free agents and the rookies, the Knicks have a formidable squad that is capable of more than just making the playoffs this year. What is your outlook on the year? The Knicks are going to win more than 41 games. They'll finish in the top six. 
They'll make it out of the play-in, and they are going to be a beast of a franchise. Kemba is going to remind people, y'all must have forgot. Derrick Rose is in a good spot. He just got engaged. Julius Randle is going to shut up all the doubters. Mitchell Robinson is going to be a force as well. RJ Barrett's going to take that next step. We are back, baby. Basketball is back in New York City, my friends. Who is the coolest celebrity you have ever met while covering MMA? Wow, that is a really tough one. I'll say Action Bronson. Coolest guy I know. If Leon... Beats Masvidal with a lackluster, boring decision. Could Hamza Shemaev take over? No. Get out of here. No, 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 no. Okay, just a couple. These questions are so good. I feel like I have to do a whole other show just with the questions. I mean, this is crazy. Um, Ariel, why do you shave your head? I don't like thick hair that is just on my... Like, I, 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 like this is too long for me. This is too long. I don't know. It just bothers me. Started following MMA in 2017. Two things don't happen anymore. Post-fight press conferences with all the main card fighters. I actually like that it doesn't happen. I like that they get their time. They're, they're saying there's no other distractions. Actual weigh-ins Friday night in front of the crowd. They do the ceremonial. Why do these not happen? I mean, I think it's better to give the fighter their shine. And I think the weigh-ins, it's because of the morning thing, which I think is ultimately better for the fighter. Uh, good afternoon, Ariel. Have you spoken to Darren Till recently? Yes. And he is doing better. And I hope that we can talk very soon. Uh, hey, Ariel. It seems like you have to keep up relationships with so many people. Does all the time on the phone affect your home life? It's a lot of phone time. I won't, uh, I won't, I won't lie. And I'm trying, I'm trying to limit. Every Sunday I get the, you've spent this much time on your phone. And I need to do a better job of limiting that. Any word on Nate Diaz fighting on the rumored Anaheim card? Not yet. Nothing really in the works. When will you play an escape game with New York Rick? Never. I did it once with DC, and it was the most boring time in my life. Shout out, Hilwani. Another beautiful week. What is your dream car? Okay. The dream car for me, I've been talking about this lately, and I think I'm actually going to try to go ahead and buy it. And if anyone can let me know where I can do so, I'd be very happy. I want a Volkswagen Westphalia. Have I talked about this yet? I want an old school one, preferably yellow, green, or orange. I want the curtains. I want the flowers straight out of the 70s, you know, maybe with a surfboard on top. I don't even surf. I want that. Little Miss Sunshine style. You feel me? I want that. That's what I want. That's my dream car. Who's the more, most important player on the Knicks? Julius Randle, of course. Um, RJ Barrett, number two. I just changed my subscription to a founding member. Thank you. And you will get in tomorrow. Zoom call. Uh, all right. I've never placed a sports bet in my life. Connor may be the one to push me into a new habit using DraftKings to kick up the excitement and kick back some cash on fight night. What a perfect way to end this. We'll leave it at that. That was fun. All right. We're done. Check the old text. Bunch of texts from my wife. Apparently she doesn't know that I'm doing the show. And a bunch of texts from other people who, quite frankly, don't matter at this time. We're out of time. Wednesday show in the books. Thanks to all of you. Frankie, if you're still around, you probably checked out because it's a little late and no one checked, uh, you know, no, no one stuck around for a, uh, no one signed up for a, a four-hour program. But if there's one thing they should have told you about when uh, you signed up to do this program, it's that Hilwani goes on and on until the break of dawn. That was good. That was good timing right there. We don't stop. Oh, here's more. I mean, it's just, it never ends with these guys. They're going to keep coming, but I'm done. They're going to keep coming, 
They're going to claim that they want none of this. They're going to claim that they don't want the rub. They're going to claim that they don't want to be made famous. Some won't even claim it, but I'm done. At this point, I'm done. Now, perhaps another dance partner will emerge. I don't think I will ever get a dance partner quite like this one. <laughs> perhaps another one will emerge. But for now, my friends, you can't keep... When you keep... When you keep scoring 10 sevens, you can't keep scoring 10 sevens. At some point, the fight either ends or is waved off. It's a TK. I don't need to explain this to all of you. And so if I keep doing it, I'm, I'm one of those guys who fights after the bell. And we all know what happened to Paul Daly. You can't fight after the bell. When the bell is rung, the match is over. And so the match is over. Hopefully you'll still stick around. Hopefully you weren't just checking out the show for that. You know, because we were doing it for the views and all that stuff. Okay, I need to stop, for God's sakes. Thank you very much to everyone who stopped by today. Thank you to our amazing guest. What a show it was. Rose Namajunas, thank you very much to her. Jan Bachovic, thank you very much to him. Fyodor Milinenko, thank you very much to him. Andre Arlovsky, thank you and congrats. Thank you to Davison Figueredo and Valid Ishmael as well. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to the team in the back. Back on Monday, same time and place. Until I say, peace! more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.